Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started. our little turtle cuties i didn't know if we could do it but we're here i thought if we took a week off we would never come back yeah did you think that too <laughs> yeah were you worried that you're we were going to get a text from each other at some point and say <laughs> do you think we should just end the turtle time mission one year less than one year less than one year well yeah. let's at least make it till march 3rd or yeah. you know around the scan of all one year anniversary right yeah um yeah i you know, there was that huge Salt Lake uh, bomb this week, and there was talk of whether we were going to record early as an emergency, but I was unavailable, and I was like, I don't think I can do it even one day sooner. I understand. <laughs> I, I I think we definitely... Well, so I've said this before, but adhering this week and doing every week makes you, you know, committed to it. Like, if yeah. you do take a week off, it's... One time, I used to play tennis every almost every single day with my wife. Yeah. And then one day, we didn't wake up at 7 a.m. and we said, ah, oh, let's just sleep in. And then we never played tennis again. It and it's ruined. been two years. <laughs> yeah. That's how quickly a routine can shift. So yeah. I'm glad we came back. No matter how shitty this episode is, I'm glad we're just back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we are adhering to this. And I think we can let, I think we can make turtle time. There's enough juice to squeeze for a little longer, right? I think so. I think that Salt Lake City, what that did, that just said that there is more juice in the big Bravo fruit <laughs> that we don't just have to think about Vanderpump rules and Scandaval. Like we were ringing the shit out of Scandaval. I mean, yeah. we're still seeing 
the drips of juice from <laughs> Scandival. Salt Lake City just had, I think, one of the most powerful things ever. I mean, not to step on it, but yeah. that's one of the biggest things that's ever happened in the Bravo universe, <laughs> and that just happened now. Yeah, it was very unique. Was, I was racking my brain for previous examples, and I couldn't really come up with one. I mean, honestly, you kind of have to give Salt Lake credit because the, the FBI bus thing was maybe the last insane unexpected yeah thing like that to happen and then scan of all wasn't on camera so yeah it's different it's it's definitely different i mean i was i was thinking the same thing it's like what are the parallels here what 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 i mean scan it's a it's a it's a scandal no i mean it's just a huge bombshell like there's yeah. been no revelation like that because this has never happened before yeah uh, a full-blown Bravo super fan slash takedown <laughs> account, yeah. you know, anonymous person using a, a takedown account was cast on a show and I think no one knew it, right? We'll get into it. You don't think? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I just think it is unprecedented um, and I think that it just shows that there's more power in the Bravo universe than just Vanderpump rules. And I feel like when we look, when I'm looking back at 2023 with like Salt Lake City and Southern Charm and Vanderpump Rules. It was like, it's a pretty great Bravo year. It's Even true. though it seemed while we were in it, like this is like the dregs and nothing's yeah. ever going to be good again. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it was. It was good. Um, a lot of entertainment. There's just so much of it that I feel like it brings the average down. But when you only consider the best of the best, it's all very good. Yeah. I was trying to even do a little bit of like highlights and, and lowlights. And I think specifically Salt Lake City and Southern Charm have just been, you know, so good. Like this mm -hmm. has been by far my favorite Salt Lake City. And then like I was thinking like OC, even though I enjoyed it and it was like fun the entire way, like that wasn't, I don't know, <laughs> that, I don't think that was at the heights of what yeah. the Bravo universe can show us. Yeah. And then Atlanta was this year as well. And besides some very fun moments like Drew Sidora <laughs> singing to Ralph at the reunion, yeah. that also, it's like, now I've seen what the heights of Bravo can be. Yeah. And those were definitely, I, yeah. I think, low moments. I don't envy those producers. They really got to crack the whip over there to keep the lights on. Yeah, I think so too. A lot of people were saying like, you know, take notes, everyone. Beverly Hills, <laughs> like you guys are having Sutton go on three first dates in a row on Beverly Hills. If I have to see Garcelle talk to her son one more time, I'm going to scream. I know. And it's, but it, <laughs> but then I don't want them to take the wrong lessons from Salt Lake City because this is unrepeatable. This is not something that you can no. manufacture. And I don't want them to man manufacture yeah. this. I don't want them to try to have some fourth wall like behind the scenes scandal erupt that like shakes the foundation of the the um show because then it would be a trope and yeah. bland and someone would do it wrong and there'd be producers fingerprints all over it like this is a yeah. one-time scandal and it yeah. could, I, I don't think it could ever happen again yeah yeah no it was fun fun to watch fun to watch okay well we're gonna get into <laughs> it but there's a little bit of you know there wasn't a lot of news over the last two weeks i think that Every Bravo celebrity sort of said, I'd like to take a break from like sending page six leaks and like, <laughs> re you know, reporting on other stuff or even trying to break news on their own. I feel like now, right at the start of the year, everyone is trying to have a little bit of shine again. <laughs> yeah. Lala, James, Katie, yep. Dana, like everyone's like, okay, it's we're gearing up for Vanderpump yeah. Rules. Let's start making some waves. Hub house. Hub house. Everyone... <laughs> 
gave us a break, which was nice. They all took a yes, break. Thank you. That was sweet of them. I'm so <laughs> glad that no like major. Well, I don't know. Maybe it would have been fun, but there was just no huge yeah. developments yeah. over the break. There was. I'm just going to say this before I forget. Uh, did you see that Gypsy Rose? Uh, was released from prison and now it turns out she's Stassi's cousin or something yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> I saw that um she's like I think she's like 10th or 11th uh, okay. cousin which I think you and I are probably 10th or That's 11th true. you know yeah. what I mean but you know that Stassi's gonna take that to the bank with her true crime fanaticism yeah what did she specifically say because I know she commented oh, on she it. did I didn't oh, she said something like I'm, was she like slay? She said, "This is a major slay for me and Gypsy Rose Blanchard." <laughs> um, I watched the. I didn't watch the actual true crime documentary about mm. that. I watched the one with the like the, the act. The, the act. Yeah. Who, I who were the two? Patricia people? Arquette and Joey King. Joey King and Patricia Arquette. And what happened with Gypsy Rose, right, is that she was Munchausened yeah. by her mom. Said that she the had a original bunch... Munchausen, major Munchausen, <laughs> right? She said that she had every disease in the world and she couldn't yeah. go outside. Yeah, she like got her all her teeth pulled out and like oh, told her she had cancer and did all the Make a Wish stuff and had her in a wheelchair and there was literally nothing wrong with her. Nothing. It's still so. nothing. I think so. Yeah, she's healthy fine. as hell. Yeah, I don't know about like mentally anymore. Well, but... I heard that she's mentally. Uh, doing good now she's married she's married to i saw that oh, oh, oh i'm glad you brought this up there was this one funny thing i saw on twitter where um her husband gypsy road Blan- gypsy rose blanchard's husband uh posted Jim C. Jim, Jim C., her husband he said he posted a photo saying 53 days and counting until i get my gypsy back and Don, what's what's uh, Candy's assistant say? Juan. Don Juan. Don Juan. <laughs> Don Juan commented and said, "Check your DMs." And people said, "What the hell?" So this Shut is, up. this is on Twitter. So whoever posted that, that was the best thing I've ever seen. They said, "What does Don Juan need from Gypsy Rose?" Are they going to join the Candy gang? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know who played Gypsy Rose Blanchard's boyfriend that was trying to take her away from who took her on a date to Chuck E. Cheese. And, right. and do you remember? I don't remember who played him, but okay. I enjoyed that show yeah i thought it was good too um uh all the i mean there's been a whole thing like awaiting her release where everyone's like slay people were like slay mama and they're like not slay mama yeah oh god she slayed her mama how did she um kill her mother again stab she stabbed i think the boyfriend did actually really that guy the guy that we're talking about that Don not the husband but the boyfriend who's now in jail forever oh oh her boyfriend yeah from the past Oh, the mom's the oh, gypsy's oh, boyfriend oh. that she met on like MySpace or whatever, oh, he... um, came over and basically killed her for her. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. So like he had no excuse. He's just psycho. Yeah. She was like tortured and trapped in a house. He just so she kill someone. I think. so. Do you think it's justifiable to kill your mother if <laughs> she's uh, doing Munchausen uh, syndrome uh, stuff on you? Would you? I mean, there are worse. <laughs> there were worse what things <laughs> what the hell did amy just say <laughs> no uh, i didn't of I all the people on yet. earth that have to go down it's not i'm not gonna be the saddest about that one right it, it, and it's it, i guess if it was just some uh person from myspace that wanted to get his you know murder <laughs> on that makes it more justifiable <laughs> that he did it to honor gypsy rose once he heard the story yeah but gypsy rose went to jail because she was complicit in it yeah she like planned it Okay. Yeah, and they fled and whatever. But I think hopefully she has a good life now. 
Um, hopefully Stassi invites her over. Maybe she'll get on cameo. I was seeing also stuff, man, you just tapped into a Gypsy Rose like full minute. <laughs> Gypsy <but> Rose. <laughs> TMZ was going so nuts because I have the TMZ app now, now just in case anything big happens in like any in the Bravo universe. But um, it was like Gypsy Rose is out and she's driving a motorcycle back to L.A. or whatever. And it was like every up to the minute updates. And she was like, she wants to meet Taylor Swift. And then it was like, it was like, it was like Gypsy Rose is on her way to Taylor Swift's uh, or to a Chiefs game to meet Taylor Swift. It's like, I I love that we love Gypsy Rose now, but I don't think necessarily Taylor Swift wants to invite Gypsy Rose into the box with her, with her and Travis Kelsey and take I a photo. I would love to see that photo. <laughs> we should Photoshop Taylor Swift, Gypsy Rose, and Saucy in a photo together. Gypsy yeah. Rose meets her heroes. Yeah, I like that. Um, so anyway, I didn't know how tapped in Gypsy Rose. I didn't know the affinity for Gypsy Rose. I didn't know how tied in now to the Bravo universe she is being Stassi's <laughs> first cousin. And then also I was just thought it was funny that TMZ was like, let Gypsy Rose meet Taylor Swift. Like she wants to do really bad. It's like, okay, yeah. she probably wants to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. I saw she got a blue check Mark already. She did. Yeah. So she paid for Twitter blue. Uh, it was on Instagram. Oh, oh but I think oh. you can pay there too now. Ooh, I, I want to pay for that. Yeah, we should. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, and then in other true crimes, I saw that um, Lindsay Hubbard was bragging on Instagram that she bought a house in Nashville, not to live in, but to rent out like a slumlord, right. garbage bag human like she that she is. Why did she think just like... <laughs> you know yeah why did she think that that was going to seem admirable or something <laughs> worth touting if you look at the comments it's all of the blue check bravo people are like slay mama clap 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 amazing house and great investment out. and all the regular comments are like wow like you're contributing to ruining the housing market normal people can't buy houses you're not even living in it like yeah fuck you <laughs> yeah i i if i were you know i don't i mean she's a pr wizard i thought yeah. right so i i think that I, didn't she remember that like you know two years ago we were having sort of an anti-landlord sentiment yeah, i and can still so dax shepherd and Chris, Kristen bell landlords they, they're landlords uh what was the first wasn't it like hannibal burris got in hannibal trouble for burris that? was the first landlord uh <laughs> that that was outspoken about being pro landlord he was like i own a house and i rent it out and i don't see why people are mad at landlords <laughs> yeah um, um i think mark duplass He's a landlord? Yeah. Well, to, I'm sure uh, there's, I bet almost everyone can is. Can I be devil's advocate? Key. Can I be the devil's advocate? <laughs> sure. Unfortunately, I'm, I hate to say it, but a lot of people who accrue wealth yes. and have are in the upper echelon of wealth will buy investment properties and rent them out to yes. people to make money. Yeah. They just are probably not outspoken about being landlords. It's yeah. a bad term. If I was a PR person, <laughs> I would Lord change the, the term. Land. Lord of the land, I would change it to house giver. You know what I'm talking about? Or, giver of home sweet home. Yeah, rent. Um, yeah, just something sweet, which we could do some, maybe we could sort of rehabilitate the, the term landlord. That shit Homemaker. Is. Homemaker. Home, I think home giver had some merit to it. That was just off the top of my head. But, but they don't give it. They charge. Home. Home keeper? No, no, you said that. Lender. Home lender. Oh, we have. <laughs> well, that's kind of like a the bank, I guess. So I think I think that <laughs> you're right. I well, no, everything you said is right. I don't know why Lindsay would tout this. It's not a huge win. Unless you're doing low income housing, you need to shut the fuck up. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, 
Yeah. And also Especially the- like Nashville. It's like so cheesy like of her. Yeah. Not I'm not shitting on Nashville. I've never been there. But like I feel like she's targeting it because yeah. it's become like a tourist hotspot. It's like such a bachelorette city. I'm sure they I'm sure they hate it. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, hey, yeah, um, we walk down this beautiful street of ours, <laughs> historical street, and every home is rented out by bachelorette parties <laughs> that are holding hub house signs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's not good. No. And I don't know why she thought it was um, a, you sleigh. Know, a sleigh, but that is just exactly every move she's made post the Carl thing has been exactly like this. It is the bizarro version of what Ariana did post yeah. Tom. Every yeah. move Ariana made has been strategic and well calculated and she's never gotten to the end of um, public support or she might be like winding down now. Yeah. But everything Lindsay did was the exact <laughs> she's opposite. She's like the suicide squad. Yeah. She's the one who had to bring up at BravoCon on her own how upset she was by the thing. Like she had to facilitate talking about her and Carl's breakup because no one else wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I was texting with my friends about this and uh, one of them was like, she probably saved all the money from making Carl pay half the rent, even though he didn't live there. Right. And like made a down payment because the rent as we recall, was $13,000 a month. And it's going to be called Hub House. I guess. I mean, as much as I hate it, I do want us all to go and stay there and, you know, give her some money and and go to Nashville. So if you want to do that, you know, I would love to. Um, Do you think that's something I would do? No, of course not. (laughs) Um, if the, we gave hard-earned Patreon dollars to the Hub House, we every single person would cancel. I think you're right. Okay, we're not going to go to Hub House <laughs> for a turtle time trip. Even if we were to report upon it, I guess there wouldn't be much to report. It's like, look at this house. Yeah, it could be like, remember those old like Gawker articles where they'd go to like restaurants and they were kind of like funny reviews? Maybe we could be like, Hub House, Airbnb, the worst day of my life kind of a thing. Yeah, that I know. Like, that, that's the kind of thing I think we would do. Yeah, yeah. It's like this place um, was cold, <laughs> dark, damp. I mean, uh, you already know what it's going to look like. It's going to have a neon sign, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, she had one in her and Carl's house that said "Rad House." I know that she ceremoniously took down, uh, which I just really can't. I understand. Um, I. Also, the photo that she posted where she was rifling through that big book of things, it might as well have just been her rifling through a big thing of cash, it looked like, the way she was doing it. Yeah. Like, if you Photoshop cash in there, it kind of, it just looked like, um, yeah, Ill, ill-intentioned. ill Yeah. It's also like, okay, congrats, like, not my business. Like, I don't care what you do with your finances. Yeah, save like, that for you. What? Yeah. It's like one thing if you're like... I bought a home for myself. That's something you could, you know, be proud of and would make sense in her storyline of like, I'm on my own and like bought my own place. But she's like, asterisk. It was an investment. It almost felt like it was like in partnership with like, yeah, a, like, yeah, like a mortgage company like J- or something. Like JT's company or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, have you checked in on the Hubbard Hubhouse uh, stands that you were always Oh, I know, should. I should see if they posted about that or... If- I'm sure because the thing is, I feel like politically, they'll be at odds with that yeah. choice. Right. Right. They'll be like the one wrong thing that Lindsay's <laughs> done in 10 years. They'll be like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carl seems to be, you know, being fully embraced by the rest of the Summer House cast post Lindsay. And he even, you know, got welcomed back to Loverboy officially. Yes. Like, it seems like his... Lover boy trajectory was fully um, 
reflective of his relationship with Lindsay, where the minute right. they got serious, he quit the board or whatever. Yeah. And then the minute the relationship is over, he's back. Yeah. I got to say after I've, I've brought this up before, but after Danielle's season of Winter House and knowing that she's fully in lockstep with Hub House, I'm like, I might be done with her. Oh, okay. She'll never lose me. She, I, I what would Winter House have been without Danielle loving <laughs> Alex like she did? I sure. Thought- I just mean her decision making is now really in question. Yeah. Do do we you know derive in? Well, I guess I guess you're right. But I I would say the decision making of a lot of of the people we watch <laughs> is you know um, affected sometimes, right? By external forces. I mean, I don't yeah. love the decision making of of you know, everyone in the Bravo world. No, I just mean I'm not on her side because she makes the wrong choices. Okay. All right. Well, I I still defend Danielle and we'll see how she does in this, you know, new season. Can't wait. We still haven't seen shit. Like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, man. It's, it all feels so like the fact that we have to wait six months. It's like it, because now we're talking about everything so topically and we know where everybody's out and we've seen Lindsay and Carl like in November, like we've yeah. seen all this stuff. It's like getting this six month old shit. It's kind of <laughs> like, you're like, damn, so much has changed and there's so much like new stuff. It's like, we're going to see Danielle, what, just after winter house, like a couple months after winter house. It just seems yeah. like we're going back in time so much. I know. I like historically have never followed, um, you know, Bravo people on Instagram from my personal account because I don't want to know and I just want to watch the show yeah. as is. But now it's like it's beyond Instagram. It's just news at this point. Right. You know? Yeah. Um speaking of, the other news was that so Tom the Toms went to Hong Kong? I think so. I think yeah, I think the two Toms and Kyle Chan and maybe a couple other people that I wasn't familiar with all went on a big Hong Kong trip and up until, I mean, I, I wouldn't have followed this either, except for the fact that, you know, they just have been posting stories about it. I mean, I don't really care yeah. that they went on this <laughs> trip. It looked uh, cool until Sandoval posts, did he post it or did Kyle Chan post it? He po- Tom Sandoval posted a photo with the, with the tiger behind him. And then he posted the video of the tiger drinking milk and putting his paws on Tom's shoulder. What an idiot. Well, did you, okay, uh, okay, did you, I, I'll be honest with you, fully honest, and yeah. this might, I don't know, this might, this might perturb some people, but when I saw that, I didn't, re- I did not remember, or I didn't think about the ramifications of animal <laughs> cruelty. I, I didn't. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, oh did you, so did you instantly? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, whenever I see a large beast, uh, in captivity for the entertainment of humans, I do not like it. Um, so I don't like even zoos. like, go- I don't even like going to the zoo, but the zoo is like, assuming it's a good zoo, a reputable zoo is per- like maybe best case scenario. Cause the people there are like trained and educated to give them a good life, but I don't prefer to be entertained by captive animals. Okay. I agree with you 100%. I went to the San Diego Zoo 10 years ago, and I was very sad looking at everything, every creature in there that's not in its natural environment, sad as hell, going, what the hell happened to my life? Where am I? Who are these people that are throwing, you know, well, they don't throw stuff at them, but yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, think the, the, I think the concept of zoos is definitely very outdated. Yeah. The only thing I could say is that if they were like near 
I don't, I don't even know. I guess there's yeah, like, if there's like a rescue there's like, situation that's different. And maybe they get swapped out where like you, you see them for two weeks as they're rehabilitating and then they go back into their environment of, right. of a rescue. But, but I, I feel like usually the rescued animals at the rescue ones are because of the other kind. They, they've been rescued from other you know, oh, like, oh, like, zoos. like a horrible zoo environment that was not up to the standards of like the San Diego Zoo, right? Even the San Diego Zoo, which is touted as one of the best zoos in the in the country or whatever, I was like, this is one of the best zoos. It's not that great. It looks <laughs> yeah. like shit. The elephant, <laughs> the elephant area looked like the dog park in Pasadena. Yeah, Just like so. I no, don't like. I I don't like. I don't like it either. I don't. I don't like zoos and i don't obviously like animal cruelty i just did not remember specifically that if you go to thailand and you get a chance to pose with a tiger that you shouldn't do it i just kind of forgot it was like i mean it's like on ugt season three i only watched like four episodes but i remember they went to a big elephant pit where the elephants are like flinging mud on them and stuff it's like well i don't know what was that i didn't i didn't think of that at the time as being exploitative of elephants i remember at least i think i remember for that one I think you have to do your research and I think there's some are like sanctuaries for rescued beasts that have been either like abandoned or, you know, maimed or whatever. And I remember, I think on that UGT, they were saying how they use those specific elephants were being used previously for like labor. Like they were just like pulling um, trees oh. out of the forest for life wow. and it was horrible. Um, okay. So I think like there are, like wildlife refuges that like are good to give money to because they're finding they're saving animals that, from poachers and, and that, whatever yeah um but i think a lot of places use a guise of being a rescue and it's bullshit well, how do we know that that wasn't that it might be okay exactly so, so i would probably just like not unless it was like a truly like blue star like rescue yeah. that is you know okay well known yeah um my 2024 goal is to be more honest and because I I forgot or when I was watching it I didn't under I didn't think this would be horrible until I saw You already put Tiger King out of your mind even though we sing that Carol Baskin song I like every day. Hated Tiger King <laughs> and but you're right I didn't like how Joe Tiger But that's like the message is it okay okay but i didn't I, okay i thought i thought when i saw that photo when i breezed past <laughs> it for one second and didn't think about it i just thought he went to a yeah a, a tiger place that lets you take a photo with a tiger and they don't probably abuse the tigers that's what i thought <laughs> but then when i saw the outrage well not outrage when i saw the well meaning rebuttal to that and then i saw lala and james I was just like, okay, I see why this is bad. But I love I could that also... for James, though. Lala, I'm like, we already knew. She uh, is obsessed with, like, isn't she, like, the, she's, like, a sea wor- anti-sea world advocate. Uh, I think I, that's, like, kind of her thing. That's news to me. I, I did <laughs> not know that Lala had that facet of her um, personality. But yeah. I'm just saying that that um, uh, I, I can imagine a world. I hate to say it. I'm sorry. But 2024, <laughs> I'm being honest. I think that there might have been a world where Tom Sandoval went to this tiger place and he goes, I get to take a tiger a photo with a tiger. Okay. And forgot about how, like you said, Tiger yeah. King, he might have missed Tiger King. And yeah. I'm, I, I just, I think that, I think that the bar for what, you know, pro- provokes outrage for Tom Sandoval specifically is very low right now. Yeah. And I felt like James and Lala in a way, no offense to them. <laughs> 
took a kind of a, the opportunity to have maybe a day of uh, saying an opinion that they have, but just to sort of take a shot at Tom Sandoval at a time when he is already going through it culturally and socially. Sure. And this was like very easy for them to dismiss. And um, I just imagine a world where Tom Sandoval did not understand the ramifications of what he did. I, I, I hate, you know, justifying his behavior. I'm just saying I personally forgot that. Sure. cultural aspect of of society yeah. that, that we don't take photos with wildlife like that and so maybe he did question mark sure. but you would think that if you're on like a pr healing journey and you're like trying to um be liked again that maybe you would like consider those things but what if you what if you just forgot well, sure that's fine i mean he did but now everyone hates him again <laughs> oh, all right okay did you find any i mean you i feel like i'm being you right now like we switched spots. Do you did you find anything sort of possibly maybe a hint of I mean the craven thing is maybe it's good that like he did that and it reminded people that it's bad. Okay. Because like one time I went to Rosarito in Mexico and there was a like jungle themed bar and there was a fucking tiger in a cage who was clearly drugged. Oh, and horrible. I wanted to kill myself. Oh, oh like uh, I wanted to cry that I I left. I was like, fuck this. Oh, but like course. I think there's like it's good to keep it on the mind. So maybe it's good that he went and that people were pissed and then that storyline got amplified again and so that people will be like, oh, maybe I'll think twice before I do he something like that. He should have said that. PR brain. He should say, <laughs> I went, did this to remind everyone of a post-Tiger King reality <laughs> where this is not okay and the minute after I did that, this, I criticized the sanctuary for letting me <laughs> yeah. take this photo. He's like, I denounce. <laughs> I denounce fully and unequivocally the treatment of tigers at this sanctuary that I went to. Yeah. Um, I do love, though, even if you think it was like for show, um, I think James his one of his best qualities is that he's like a true animal lover and i think it's really sweet like remember when graham escaped and he was so upset he started crying and i, don't, I oh, man, you think he's full I, of shit um i feel i feel adrift i feel adrift in how i'm viewing this this story and specifically james kennedy i okay I think he's an animal lover. Okay. I, I think he's an animal lover, but I feel like this number one guy in the group uh, thing and <laughs> what sure. he's bringing to Tom Sandoval and like taking these kind of easy um, <laughs> shots at, at people, like a, you know, sort of a, a holier than thou attitude. Yeah. James Kennedy I, specifically, I feel like was one of the worst, pe one of the worst people on Vanderpump. Oh Wilson. yeah. His time will come. Oh, okay. Still. Okay. I just mean specifically around like, I guess it's just I because you, I firmly so much agree that I hate that. Do you remember when Rachel said, I mean, I know people don't trust Rachel, but do you remember when she said that the reason why <laughs> Graham Cracker had biting issues was because James treated him like shit? <laughs> oh, yeah, that he like was like he doing goes, weird sex acts. He goes, he goes, bite me, Graham. <laughs> bite me. And so that Graham derives, she said this on Bethany's podcast. Yeah, I podcast, forgot about that. Graham that. derives pleasure from biting because James at an early <laughs> stage said, Graham, bite me harder, bite me harder, please. I love Yeah, I did feeling. forget about that. So I just think... Maybe he's all he loves animals so much that it's like too much and it got a little weird. That's why I think... I, I, that's why Rachel <laughs> Levis... Okay. Oh my God. I'm, I just spent the 2024 <laughs> using Tom Sandoval and Rachel Levis as my anecdotes for uh, the truth. But, um, it's, but I do... 
I, I don't. I just think that the morally gray world that Vanderpump Rules lives in is still active today, despite the clear villains and heroes that came after Scandaval. Sure. And Lala and James specifically calling out Tom Sandoval in this instance seems exp- uh, not exploitative. Just, just um, something that needs Easy. to be where we need to all be wary of. It's sure. Just, it, I mean, I that I agree with that. But you in didn't. I, I didn't think you, get, you didn't give me that, so that's why I felt like I was adrift. No, sure. I. I agree with that in general, but I think they both have a history of caring about that thing. So I believe them. Lala has a history of caring about animals. Yeah, she she's like obsessed with like um, uh, like whales in captivity and shit. Okay, so like she has like a she's posted about that a lot. Okay, all right. Uh, So okay, then I think when people like pay a lot of attention to that kind of thing, they're like extremely triggered like a few months ago i was um wikipedia in um marine land which used to be in uh, it was like a mini sea world in palace verdes okay and don't wiki it okay don't wiki it yeah no i i i, I am <laughs> i not... was sobbing oh yeah sobbing no i'm not advocating <laughs> i mean i feel like anything that happened in the world like 20 years ago will look like the dark ages uh, in in twenty years, like yeah. I already feel like we are so uh, removed from even thirty years ago now that like the shit that we permitted it will be like in history books as what the fuck <laughs> was going on here yeah. with animal abuse, even even eating meat. I, yeah. I feel like could look absolutely barbaric in a hundred years. So I fully I fully accept that. I just think I need to do devil's advocate and just say Tom <laughs> Sandoval might not have thought about the ramifications of his actions when he posted that photo. He and definitely, James, yeah. And, and, and I just want to allow for 10% of James and Lala, <laughs> what I forget what the word is that I'm trying to say, but use this as a way sure. to get a little bit of can- Tom Sandoval hate energy that they wanted sure. uh, to catapult them a little bit in the news cycle before Vanderpump Rules. That's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I can agree both ways. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Sandoval's mind and begins and ends with like a tiger is fucking cool. Like this could look awesome. Well, until Tiger King, <laughs> that was culturally the view of tigers. Yeah. That they're cool. Remember the Tom and Ariana tiger tease when they yes. went to, uh. Miami? Yeah, he should have said something about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, hmm, Ariana, you liked tigers before. <laughs> that was a really <laughs> odd thing that we saw when we did that on Patreon when I didn't realize that Tom and Ariana wore matching t-shirts to the Bachelor Party. I was like, I don't remember this at all. That was very odd. Yeah. And maybe he, a part of him was whimsically referring to their past love of tigers. And it was sort oh, of yeah, a, it was a wink. It was a little wink. A dog whistle. <laughs> I mean, there are so many people that even think that they're animal lovers, like um, Paris Hilton, who I kind of love Paris Hilton, but she has a history of like, having exotic animals yeah. not like tigers but like monkeys and shit where i'm like we don't need to be doing that yeah um one of this rapper i love french montana he had a monkey for like a month and he was like this is my monkey i love him so much he wears a diaper and drinks milk and he just hangs on my shoulders or whatever and it was like within six months he was like i'm sorry but i could not take care of a monkey he's <laughs> back with his monkey friends and we should never refer to him again i mean the worst example of this is is Tom Schwartz and and Katie? Oh God, that is that is dog. 
That is animal. Yes, that is animal. I mean, well, I okay. Wait, maybe I should save this. But that was to me. I was like, what is the humor of this that you guys took a bad care of a lizard and it died within six months of you having it? It or, was like a week. Oh, a, a week. It's like you obviously did not take care of this animal, and the the way they gave that, edit or it was of a like, bad egg. What? Maybe it was a bad egg. I feel like how do you kill a lizard that you quickly? have the heat? There's probably. 50 things that you have to know to house a lizard in your home in um, Valley Village to take care of it. And no offense. Oh, God. Geez. Wow. Maybe I should. I'm going to tone back my honesty. I just thought that the way that was handled, the humor. Too sad. It was was like, sorry, a lizard that you brought into your home died. And I can't help but think maybe there were a couple things that, that weren't in his perfect benefit when yeah. you brought him to your home. That, yeah. That's, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, for sure. And I didn't, so that's, that's more on the side of like, we just all need to rethink exotic animals, which I guess everybody has. And yeah. now I'm just coming to that conclusion now. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. Right. Well, uh, 34 minutes of, uh, <laughs> well, that should... was good. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up Gypsy Rose. Yeah. And, uh, um, um, well, wait, wait, do you think, do you think, okay, I wanted to be honest and allow for, a, a slight counter narrative, but do you think, does any part of you think that, or was I going to out on a limb there, you think, or? or? No, I think it's both. Like, I think they were, it was per, a perfect storm where Lala cares about animals in captivity. James, I think, cares about animals because he's like a wounded child and relates to animals that are being harmed. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, and this man is our enemy. So perfect. Did you at all, like me, uh, think that, uh, James like solidifying his sort of hatred and stance of he's still a worm was surprising at all because <laughs> I had kind of thought that James was potentially going to be vacillating between the groups and giving Tom the benefit of the doubt this season but yeah. this seems like he's gone fully back right well same with Lala yeah um, they were both the people who I think are were seen as mediators between yeah. Tom and Ariana they still could so this was like just a gentle like razzing. I feel like even if someone they liked posted that, they would have commented something like They wouldn't have done it to Katie. I think Lala would. She would say like, "Hey, like we you, we need to talk about this. This is fucked up." Probably I think she would have her, said something on her podcast, but I don't think she would have done a, a a post on her story saying a cast member that I'm, you know, <laughs> that I'm on a show with would do this. I, you know, yeah. she would have had a different attitude well, towards We have to interview her and find out. What if this is like silly, but what if Ariana Maddox was just about to do a campaign called Tiger King <laughs> 2.0 and she was just <laughs> Tiger King on Broadway? <laughs> She's like, wait, 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 stop the presses. We cannot advertise Tiger King uh, on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> if anyone has a appetite for cringe, I recommend watching Carol Baskin on um, Dancing with the Stars on YouTube. It was a COVID season. There's like no one in the audience and she's the worst dancer of all time. And oh my it's God. truly horrendous. Was the, her partner dressed up in a tiger outfit? <laughs> Sometimes. Really? Yeah. I don't want anything to do with Carol Baskin. And I resent <laughs> that that got brought up into my life culturally. There are some things that get brought into the zeitgeist that I resent the people who brought them into my life. Yeah. And that Tiger King, Carol Baskin, <laughs> everything about them is something I wish I didn't know yeah. about. And yeah. I resent it. It's like whenever um, Will uh, Jada Pinkett Smith posts something about her and Will, the comments are always like, everything I found out about this couple has been against my will. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of like Tiger King where you're like, I didn't want this. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. We're, we, yeah, that's how I feel about Gypsy Rose a little bit too. I mean, I like, I've kind of come full circle on her. Now I stand her more than life itself because this <laughs> conversation, but I didn't want to know more about Gypsy Rose. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't want to know. Um, and then the fact that she's connected to Stasi as family, you know, blood family. Yeah. Um, now I guess we have to think about her more and have her you know, be a guest on turtle time, but do you think she's going to get milkshake ducked? Um, can you remind me what milkshake duck is <laughs> it's again? The internet term for the example is like milkshake duck, like a duck that drinks milkshakes. We love him. He's so cute. Like he's like the number one news in the world. And then it's like, uh, unfortunately milkshake duck has committed a crime or whatever. Like yeah. it's like how everyone it's like Jerry from cheer. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, of course, of course. Yes, I think. Yes, I think Gypsy Rose will get milkshake ducked. She'll do something. She kills again. She'll do something. In, in, she'll do something. In, by the time this comes out, it'll be like Gypsy Rose has done a hit and run and murdered someone on the side of the. Like, yes, of course. You, everyone, everyone, everyone in our world needs to be treated as a hu- fallible human yeah. that at any time can do the worst shit. In the world. Yeah. If you stand Shannon Bedore harder than anyone in the world, well, guess what? Yeah. She's coming out of the quiet woman and she's going to run into a building. Yeah. It's just, you. no one is infallible. Yeah. And we have to all not treat people like, um, like, like you know, like no, superhuman pe- people beings. People go way too hard. Like, I remember when they had Jerry from Cheer on the Oscars red carpet and all of the like huge A-listers were freaking out coming up to him like Uh oh my god you're my favorite person on earth I think I literally tweeted I was like shit's gonna go down I can feel it in my soul this is way too out of hand and then like a week later they were like he's a pedophile yeah yeah I I mean horrible that's obviously the worst case example of milkshake duck yeah right did they say it when that came out where they were like is this this is a milkshake duck (laughs) they I mean there was like a a second season of that show which was extremely bleak like the first season was like them going to the championship like working so hard it was real yeah okay Uh, and they were like it was captivating to watch. Um, and then the second season was how like the, the fallout of them all becoming famous, Jerry going to jail, yeah. how sad they all were about it. And it was like the darkest shit I've ever seen. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. I'm like Netflix. Like, I mean, he was, I think already guilty of those things, but Netflix like ruined their lives. Yeah. Well, everyone else's <laughs> life. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. Yeah. I think about that, you know, what you said about culturally, like who are our heroes and villains. I mean, I remember an era where Gwyneth Paltrow was seen as like a demon that yeah. everyone hated, like an example of privilege and they hated country strong. And like <laughs> people were like, we hate Gwyneth. Yeah. And then now it seems like 10 years on or whatever. She's like a very celebrated person. People, I don't know for them. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't like yeah. to tap in, but I feel like I was like, I, I like Gwyneth Paltrow. She's fine. She's <laughs> yeah. funny. I like that she doesn't remember being in any of the Marvel movies and says they're all dog yeah. shit. Like, people seem to like her. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think culturally everyone was just like, wait, why do we hate Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> I think some people still do. Um, but yeah, generally, I think we've decided she's entertaining and uh, kind of just like a fun and silly persona. I think, um, but I, I've... Like, I watched the Goop show or whatever. Oh, I was yeah. like, I like it that she's good. just trying these experiments like 
this i don't know yeah i have heard that she treats wait staff like absolute shit though well we're getting some a wonderful patreon thing which i haven't even <laughs> um i haven't patreon comments that i haven't even dug into yet but we have a wonderful patreon who's telling us how horrible how horrible everyone has been at her at a restaurant right oh, did yeah. you see that so we got we're gonna dive into that after because i sure. really I, we got to give our you know our wonderful villa rosa vip some credit for spilling yeah, all this we should start a whole thread of like give your like Dumois 2.0 on the I Patreon. I would love, I mean, they did this in the media where it was called like the bad guys, the shitty guys list or oh, whatever, yeah. which I don't, I don't, I don't want to go that far because <laughs> it allows for like anonymous commentary or whatever. But if you have a firsthand experience and it's verified of someone being an asshole, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Like, like Remember I'll, I'll how just... James Corden almost got canceled for like ordering an omelet rudely. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so no, no, yeah. So I'd say, I, I think there has to be three examples of them being rude. You yeah. can't just do a James Corden where it's like, I want my omelet like this <laughs> once and you get captured on camera because everyone can be rude sure. once. But if you are, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just say one. I, I'll say one. Um, Christopher Maloney. Is that that guy's name? Uh-huh. It, From SVU. Yeah, someone I worked with said he's one of the biggest assholes they've ever met in the world. He that was rude to everyone, screaming, oh. a tyrant, mean, horrible. And I think he has good PR then. Yeah, he's got great PR. He's whatever the beloved. Hell, yeah, whatever the hell he's doing. But he's a horrible, he treats people like shit. Uh-huh. And I think that we should know that because these, like Bill Murray, when you found out Bill Murray is throwing mugs of coffee <laughs> at people's head on set yeah. and screaming at them, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'd like to factor that in to my <laughs> love of Bill Murray. Yeah. If I love his movies, I have to take into account that right after that scene, he was screaming belligerently at someone <laughs> and getting in a fight with the director. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that one doesn't surprise me. I feel like whenever someone has a ton of mystique, it's like, it really okay. surpri- It really surprised me. Mm. I-, I really could have thought Bill Murray was like a very good person. Like, mm. I-, I really thought there was a possibility that his humor, he's so funny that that could have lent him to be like a jovial, good spirited person in real life. But it- it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Like, like a monster. Yeah. Well, sad. that's why, that's why. That's why when Aziz was doing a, like a comeback movie, like he was going to make a movie and he's like, I'm back. You know, I'm not, I'm not soft canceled anymore or whatever. He's like, and it's going to be starring Bill Murray. And then Bill Murray got on set and he's throwing cups at people's heads and screaming and grabbing asses on set. Oh they, they had to shut down production. That movie is not coming out anymore. Aziz can't catch a break. I Aziz, forgot about him. I haven't said that name out loud in years. He, he, um, one of our Villa Rosa VIPs reminded me, they, they said, well, I don't, I don't want to spoil what's in the, the, the Patreon because that is... That's our sacred behind space. the gates. But it was a good Aziz story. I, oh, I don't think I haven't. I need to check it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Aziz is a horrible person. I, I've worked with Aziz, and he was nice. He's like whatever, but he's just like douchey. Yeah, and he's, he's he's kind of uh, yeah. He's kind of he seems like he has a little bit of douchey energy, but I think he's a good person. I think he's well, whatever. What, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> Aziz and Christopher Maloney. Okay, Should we talk speaking about, of douchey, well, Nick oh. Vile. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I knew you wanted to talk about Nick uh, Vile and him starting a new enterprise of a podcast network. Yeah. The one thing I do want to say is that if he is starting a new podcast network, I do want to sort of couch our full <laughs> takes to allow for the possibility of getting on that media network. So do you yeah. mind if we, with a grain, just with a grain of salt, not fully shit yeah. on Nick No, Vial. I mean, I... Would love to be represented by the NV N- Podcast media. Network Media it's called? Solutions. NV Media Solutions. <laughs> yeah. So what Amy is talking about in which 
now I sort of want to strike the record of any time I've ever said uh, something bad about Nick Vile before. I actually think he's sort of a uh, interesting. He's hunky. He's, he's handsome. I loved his appearances on The Bachelor. World um, toughest test. He won. And I love his ability to not watch any Bravo show and have no connections to the Bravo universe, but still maintain a three-hour interview with people about a subject he knows nothing about. And when they say a name, he's able to sort of say, oh, yeah, I totally know who that is, and just nod with a blank stare, pretending. Anyway, so so what, why we're bringing this up is that Dana, what was Dana's last name? I have no idea. Dana, <laughs> you know, famously from Vanderpump Rules season eight, and Katie Maloney, who, yeah. lo- I, you know, who I cherish, uh-huh. are starting a podcast. So Katie had a podcast before. Uh-huh. It was called the Katie Maloney Hour, <laughs> but that is scrapped. And now it's a Dana and Katie enterprise together, and it is going to be a part of the official new <laughs> Nick Vial Envy Media Network. Yeah. Did it say what it was called? It was called. It's called Disrespectful. Oh. I th- I think it's called Disrespectful. Um, What's the concept? Is it just a chat? I think what I think Katie, um, when she was left to her own devices and on her own it's very hard i think to host a podcast on your own yeah because you're just speaking in a vacuum and there's no one to have wonderful repartee with yeah like you know sort i of know a- i always think about when i listen to shout out danny pellegrino i'm like sometimes i will just like take a step back and be like he's by himself oh i yeah i've, I've actually never listened and i didn't realize that he doesn't even have a co-host or anything he's funny and i'm like it's almost like um I'm not comparing him, but like Robin Williams energy where he's just like he can do, wow. joking with himself. That's awesome. I actually, I, I had no idea that he doesn't have a co-host and he just does it on his own. Yeah. I mean, sometimes every now and again, he'll interview someone or whatever, but generally it's totally just himself. And I'm like, whoa. So I think Dana will be, so say what you will about Dana on season eight. I, uh, Worst season of all time. Strongly, strongly did not think that was the direction that Vanderpump should have gone in. And it proved to be a horrendous decision. Um, and the Vanderpump Rules cast proved that they can provide way more entertainment than anyone that they would try to shoehorn in. Sure. But, but I think yeah. that Dana was funny, even though I didn't I didn't appreciate I, I, I think she just got lumped in with Max and Brett as like this mm-hmm. next generation. And so I resented the fact that they were trying to shove out the old cast. Yeah. But Dana on her own, I do think is had a good sense of humor. And I think she could provide um a good What's what's a sounding board mm-hmm. with Katie? And she's actually friends with all of them. Like every time we've gone anywhere, she's yeah. there. Yeah. So when we isolate this clip to send Nick Vial of how much we also want to be a part of the network, I will say I think that Katie will will be helped immensely by having a partner. And Dana, I think, is a good fit. But also, I don't think every Bravo celebrity does need to have a podcast. Yeah. That's... I feel like, do you think that the podcasts are part of the Bethany Clause? Having one? Yeah. You know what? I think it might be a loophole. Hmm. I think it might be a loophole that they're all that they're all using now because I really don't think Bravo got profited off reasonably shady because they would have been like, well, make this a collaboration with us or whatever and let yeah. us release the audio and have a special of you guys filming talking about this. I think it's a loophole and then new contracts because podcasts are, are you know, are pretty new enterprise. The fact that they're, they've they been doing all of them, this might be out of the clause. Yeah. Do you think though that when they, you would think when they have them renegotiate their contracts or whatever, that they would add in something like you're not allowed to talk about like spoiler stuff no, on I'm, your podcast i'm sure that is a part of their contracts yeah the the, the confidentiality agreements they yeah. probably can't talk about anything 
from a season that hasn't aired yet on their podcast. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that the reason why Bravo got that Hot Mike podcast was just to have a place where behind the scenes stuff can be shared and it wasn't and no one else was getting money for it. Yeah. I haven't even seen I think this Sheena one was the only one I ever saw a clip from. But are they still doing it? Is it like weekly? I don't even know. I don't know. But, you know, my advice to the Bravo Hot Mike, you just got to keep going. But Alex Baskin, I mean, like his mother, Carol, <laughs> I don't know 100% if he if he's a podcaster. It's just hard right. to start a podcast. You and yeah. I did it, and it's one of the most, you know, beautiful <laughs> things that humanity has ever received. But it's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's work. Which is why I'm like, how long can Katie do it for? If yeah. she's also trying to open a sandwich restaurant, which now what the hell is happening with that? With Chicago on Broadway for months? Well, so now it's been far enough along to where there's no reason to open it before the next season starts. To get all of the... um. You get to have the the opening and everything be this summer. Okay. You know what, I, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's just like it's, year it's, after year it's going. I think now there's there there just is not a reason to open it in March if if you are they have, just paying rent this whole time? Who, who we I don't we don't know. They must. Well, yeah, I guess, but I, that's like <sighs> so many tens of thousands of dollars they've spent. Yeah, I mean the the one negative thing I'll say about it is that. A huge part of it, a huge part of the appeal of Katie and Ariana opening it up was like, look how fast we can get this shit done. And Schwartz and Sandy's was languishing, you know, in purgatory for two years or whatever. And then it's like, okay, well, no, it's it's obviously much harder than anyone thought. You yeah, know? yeah. But they they also got completely fucked by the West Hollywood new rules about not having signage in a patio on that on that street so yeah. they had some but but that's probably true of any business sure. probably new permitting shit happens all the time you're yeah. like this sucks yeah and then they they said originally that they were gonna have wine right i think they were gonna have white claws <laughs> and beer and wine which i guess i guess yeah. white claws fall under beer it's easier to get a wine and beer license than a liquor license yep Yes. Right. That's like whenever you go to a restaurant and they have like Bloody Marys and they're like, it's with soju. And you're like, no. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that was a little <laughs> um, like little loophole to yeah. pretend you have liquor. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. I don't always, order... I'm always like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want soju. <laughs> um, all right. Well. I, I, I'm stunned that we, well, I, whatever. I mean, I, we, I, we did better than we did many weeks on... of news consolidated. <laughs> okay, do you want to say really quickly, because I do think we get. I think just for our little turtle cuties, uh, Amy and I both decided that Southern Charm and Beverly Hills were not up to par with you know anything uh, that Salt Lake City brought this this sure. week and don't deserve to be delved into deeply. So they're very time dependent. But Salt Lake City is going to be our major focus. So we're going to start with Salt Lake City. But before we take our first certified turtle <laughs> piss break of the new year, um. Can I ask you what you thought about Vanderpump Villa? <laughs> uh, the trailer, or... just the tra- just the trailer and the concept and yeah. everything about it, and then I I have my opinions pretty solidified you okay. know, after. But I want to hear what you have well. To say. Firstly, we were surprised to see it's on Hulu, which you would I, think it would be on Peacock. That seems like a slam dunk. No, I, I feel like Hulu is a hybrid of of NBC and um, Disney, and it's like it's it's 
all networks. Like everyone owns a stake in Hulu. So something going on Hulu, it's just like Peacock. It's just Who like, owns a stake? I think, isn't Hulu owned by like all three networks? Or I thought four? it was just Disney, no? Oh, Disney just bought it? I thought that happened. Oh. If anything, they're going to like sell it. Oh, maybe you're right. Okay, so just Disney owns Hulu. Okay, all Which right. is why it is like sort of like a no man's land because now that they have Disney Plus, it's like, what do they need Hulu for? Right, okay. All right, so yeah, so that's why like Hulu's content was just going to get folded into Disney Plus. So Vanderpump right. Villa might eventually in five years just be on the Disney Plus right. homepage. But it just doesn't make sense. I mean... So there's there's no... there's no. That seems NBC. like a bad sign that Peacock doesn't want it because you would think if you have Lisa Vanderpump on a thumbnail in Peacock, that's a slam dunk. Well... Uh, I mean, I'm starting out 2024 being horrible, but um, <laughs> Lisa had many a spinoff that happened that we've all come to forget. There was one where she was hosting <laughs> Joel McHale and oh, yeah. Anna Ferris at her house doing almost this exact same thing, but yeah. just having like tea with people. And I watched it and it's not the, the like... <sighs> it should just be on YouTube, basically. Yeah. Bravo deserves all the credit for for creating the universe in which these bravo celebrities that we love exist in and when they go outside of the bravo universe we've I've, i know i've said this in 2023 they don't know jacks on house of villains like i heard people watch that and they're like who's this jacks guy he's boring as hell why is he included as the villains and it's like you don't know jacks Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know what Bravo has done to him and what he offered <laughs> us on Vanderpump Rules and also they're not very soundbitey. They're not like they're just they don't fit in in a normal celebrity environment. They're so good within the Bravo universe and that's because Bravo brings a tone that makes them shine. And I think Lisa going outside of this as much as she wants to be away from Bravo, this shit sucks. Yeah. It's going to suck. It looks bad. It looks I'm glad you said it. I thought I was going to be a little stinker <laughs> on island. There was like nothing in the it's preview at I all. Don't, I don't care. I, I don't care. Can we about, just not watch it? I mean, <laughs> I, I just think I've said this about, I, I know Special Forces was good. I know Dancing with the Stars was good, subjectively good. But it's just like the Bravo universe gives so much. Why do we have to add more? And I think it taints the brand of these Bravo celebrities to try to do shit outside because no one knows how to make them shine like bravo yeah and this vanderpump villa shit i mean yeah i i i don't want to see her have a bethany style b shot or whatever the <laughs> hell that bethany show was yeah game show competition shit that is not what makes yeah. lisa vanderpump a star yeah it's, that's just not her forte did you ever watch vanderpump dogs no, did, did you? anyone on earth watch that show? No, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's <laughs> like Lisa wants to be outside of the Bravo universe, I guess, and and show that she can not be just relegated to Beverly Hills and Vanderpump, but it's not I don't know. It's not working unless she just had a spin-off called Ken and Lisa at home at Villa Rosa. <laughs> I don't know if these formulaic things work yeah did you see the pictures of them on new year's and ken looked so young and happy those photos were awesome yeah I, you sent that or you posted on yeah. turtle time i was like god damn they look so fun and happy i wanted to go to that party so bad ken was like it looks the way that they shot it he was like the flash was on he yeah. was happy as hell he was like really joyful that was beautiful and i'm not you know lisa vanderpump can't get enough praise for everything in the world i just think that i, I just think that why are you making us, I don't know, why do you need more? Why? Yeah. Why do you? I know. Maybe she feels like her role on the show 
Vanderpump rules has waned and that she needs to have personality in other places. Cause it's yeah. like, I don't know how much money she could possibly be making off of that other show. There is a world where Lisa goes back to Beverly Hills and maintains her power and has 30% or 40% of the focus of that show and only dips into the world of the other cast members. And it would still work. I, I, I think watch out, Kyle. Watch out, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, we're going to, I guess I'll save my Beverly Hills thoughts. Um, I thought this, this was a true, I've liked this season, but I think it's sputtering. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're almost potentially done with the season is a very bad sign with what mm-hmm. they've given us. And it needs, it needs something. Yeah. I saw there's going to be more Anna Marie next week. And I was like, that's not what I want to see. Imagine Anna Marie thinking that she should bring up the esophagus thing again oh as like God. the one thing that she's known for this season after the <laughs> horrible hatred she got for the first time she brought it up, but she didn't it's know. It's too late. She didn't know. So now <laughs> she's going to make esophagus her like one thing. Yes. That is the worst situation. In the you preview, could... she's like, you can make that excuse to like the layman, but not with me. And I'm like, no one gives a fuck what's going on also, with Sutton's esophagus. Even Sutton doesn't like want to talk about her esophagus anymore. She brought it up once. And it's probably that's real. like being like, you said you have eczema, but guess what, honey? Yeah, that's not what that rash is. It's like okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, I brought up my rash. I thought it was eczema. Like, please don't talk to me. And I like when Sutton said, "Are you my doctor?" It's like, yeah. don't talk about medical shit. HIPAA violation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so we got to that hour point. I love that. Let's both take our what piss piss the first piss. I haven't pissed in 2024. I was just going to say, I've been waiting to piss. I'm filled to the damn brim. What day is it? It's, yeah, January 4th. I haven't pissed once. I've been limiting my liquids. And so I'm ready for a huge blowout in there. Are you? <laughs> I have to flush twice. Okay. All right. Well, let's do our, our first huge certified turtle piss break of 2024 and then get back to Salt Lake City, which we haven't even, we haven't touched on it, right? I haven't scratched the surface. Oh, I'm ready to scratch. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. (laughs) We're back. How do you feel? I can't believe it. Four full days of... (laughs) Uh, what piss? Yeah, it was like three minutes long. That was yeah. We I'll I can just say it I guess for our little turtle cuties, but we took way longer than we normally <laughs> take for that certified turtle piss break. Yeah. Did you know that people have started doing the certified turtle piss break challenge where whenever we do it, they make their bodies have to go pee as well. I love that. 
Isn't that sweet? <laughs> I was just watching Old Roni because you guys, I've, I'm on season eight. That's how much I've no watched. No way. Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about that. So you, you started at the beginning. <laughs> season three. Uh, you started at season three? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you started Scary Island yeah, era. Around there, yeah. Okay. And then now you're on season eight? Yeah. I just like whenever I'm binging or like watching an old show, that's all I watch. And since we didn't really have to watch a ton of Bravo because it just wasn't on. Right. That's just all I watched um, the whole break. And so, yeah, I watched a fuck ton. <laughs> so how, so I, if I remember correctly, I mean, I consider Roni to be good from season one to season 12. Yeah. But was it as powerful as I remember season three through eight? Yeah. I will say um, you can really feel the loss of the Bethany the no Bethany seasons like I was just like counting the min- minutes to get back to season seven when the B is back okay um not that it wasn't good but like she really just brings a lot yeah I mean I I, I the Bethany like Dorinda era yeah when they're both on together with Ramona yeah. and I'm watching like Bethany's feud with John uh Bedessian uh yeah I watched the other day and it was wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 ready to once I mean I should have I should have taken the opportunity when we were on a break, but I'm I want Roni to be, you know, also I want to do a full-blown deep dive rewatch too, yeah. just because of how much joy it's brought me. Yeah. I will say I I mean I started at season 3, so I could rewatch 1 and 2, but I feel like Scary Island, I'm always like are we you know, resting on our laurels? calling that the best thing ever like it's just such an obvious choice as like the best of the best yeah it just is yeah it's uh yeah it's great what i mean what is what are the other contenders again <laughs> it's scary island scary it's the limo island. right it, oh table yeah. flip yeah i mean like if the you're talking about the top 10 most powerful moments beauty lab and laser uh fed sweep so and now, then maybe this so now salt lake salt city lake has city? two I think so. Yeah. Which is crazy because as we've discussed at the beginning, we thought it sucked. Yes. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's just talk. jump in. Yes. Yeah, so I ha- we haven't talked about Salt Lake no. City at all. We've been very uh, good <laughs> about not even, we haven't even said. <laughs> I haven't watched your live yeah. or your TikToks because I wanted to keep it fresh. I just said you'll be stunned. Yeah. And um, so how I, I'm asking you for the first time, <laughs> how did you feel about that Salt Lake City finale? It was extremely fun to watch. I It had not been spoiled for me. I know that certain... I had listened to certain people talk about it who clearly knew what it was, but they didn't spoil it. Like Danny Pellegrino and uh, Matt Rogers, they I think, knew? knew. Because they said, um, we all kind of knew about the um, her owing Heather Beauty Lab and Laser money. We, all knew, we that. knew that. Yes. But I was like, that's not like that big of a deal so this whole time i kind of always thought it was just going to be that she was like suing heather or some bullshit like that which i was like we'll see what happens maybe it'll be wild but i was kind of like whatever like and then when it turned out to be a i had heard there was going to be a secondary thing but i didn't really think much about it um and the way that it went down was very fun and i feel like um yeah this monica woman is just a diabolical figure yeah yeah so the exact same thing as you where i thought when heather they've been showing glimpses of or you know little sneak peeks of heather saying it's her it's her i was like okay 
that is referring to Beauty Lab calling her and saying that Monica owed you know six thousand dollars to Beauty Lab and was suing her for yeah. something. You know, was suing her for botched right. Beauty that's Lab appointments heard. or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's going to be a decent revelation. I'm interested in how that will um, you know play out, but I didn't have like high hopes for what was going to happen. But then when like Andy Cohen was like putting a countdown on Instagram being like, <laughs> get ready for the finale and people were like gearing it up. So I was like, okay, I guess this beauty lab thing is going to have more ramifications than I even imagined yeah. or whatever. But it's the beauty lab was like absolutely completely secondary to right. what we actually learned. I mean, it was a, just a small little piece right. of this finale. Yeah. It, it basically just was additional evidence that she uses like false names and shit. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, I mean, I assume you, you loved it. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, I need to like dig in more, like there's a lot of like logistical yes. stuff that's a little yes. no, confusing. I wanna, no, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. I, there's so, there's, I just, I watched it again. There's logistical stuff that I like do not understand. Yeah. And I, so I want to, I want to talk about this. I'm kind of glad that we're a, like a few days removed because when I watched it, I was like just passionate and I was stunned. And I didn't know what the hell I was saying. I was just like, this is unprecedented. Yeah. This is shocking. But now, you know, I've had time to sit with it a little more and it's yeah. like the, the hype is, is it's still there, yeah. but it's like, but now we can talk about it in a calm time. Yeah. And there are multiple little news pieces that add color yeah um so i know but yeah i felt the exact same way where um the the shock of not knowing what was going to happen i don't think i i don't think in this contemporary world you can still shock people because you hear about feuds or like like i already think i know that melissa and Teresa have a blowout at you know at a thing from just a page six article that came out like nothing right. is so shocking yeah this was a very it was a full scooby-doo like unmasking that's how i felt <laughs> it was like what the hell it was, it was like a mystery like it was like it was like she was unveiled as a as a person that they all knew like was operating behind the scenes like it i and that's why I say I said at the beginning it's like this can I don't think this can ever happen again because it, yeah. it will never be shocking like this that yeah. like someone who was a full-blown Bravo super fan was cast on the show but didn't tell them yeah that she knew everything about them that yeah. she'd been reporting on them that she'd been going to all of their businesses probably <laughs> that she was working with Jen Shaw as like a secret agent right you know what I mean but like we knew she worked for Jen Shaw we knew but that was all that was teased out that was right. all that she was teased out she wasn't saying that I was contributing to stories and leaking stories about Jen Shaw and right. I, we 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 knew that there was something with the Jen Shaw relationship but we had no idea that the extent to which she was like a mole in Salt yeah. Lake City reporting on everything they were doing at all times yeah that's shocking yeah I guess I wish that I had uh so what was it called again it's um what re, what's the reality von Tees. reality von Tees is the account that it's revealed that Monica has if not fully, but partially run for years. I'm going to make the assumption that Monica was was yeah. more of the uh, creator of that account and facilitator of, of you know, all of that information. Yeah. I think she tr that was a way to get out of the full brunt of their sure. wrath. But Well, now we need to eyes on Tanisha. Where has she been this whole time? She has been talking about it. And she <laughs> says that she has evidence and proof that, that you know, Monica was more like... That Monica the mastermind? Yeah, it was the mastermind behind this yeah. account. And, you know... 
Um, I wish that I had a little more context for that account. Like I've seen some people that I follow who said that they have historically followed it and that they were a little less rocked by it because they were like, I agree that I don't think it's that shocking that Monica is publicly talking shit or revealing items about Jen Shaw because she hates Jen, felt betrayed by her, felt abused by her, and had obviously like firsthand evidence as someone that worked by her side. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that part of it, if the only if it was only like a Jen Shaw revealed account or something, yeah. that would be like less shocking. And the reason they were also shocked is because they said that there have been stories about them yes. on there, which I haven't seen, so I don't, you know, if I knew exactly what they were talking about, that would be more interesting. The second time I I watched it, because I was just like blown away the first time, and I accepted the reality of Reality Von Tees, where I was like, this is a person who was running a troll snark account about all these cast members, who was going to Beauty Lab, probably, and reporting on it. Like like you and I, except we're we're public about who we are. We don't do anything anonymously. We're not anonymous. anonymous. So we, we have reason to take accountability for our actions and yeah. we don't like go to sir and steal candles and talk about it because yeah. lisa would be like those two people <laughs> stole from me you know what yeah. i mean like so we so they are anonymous so i think that still the revelation that um there's a person who is so entrenched in bravo sure. lore and who reports on them is a, a big deal but i did want to know more about specific accusations that she made because when when the producers tried to put up the things that she specifically said about yeah. heather and whitney i feel like most of that stuff had been taken down mm. so i feel like they know more about what reality von Tees did to them than uh, producers got to see yeah because when the the evidence they supplied i was like okay are you guys so upset just because she lied to you, you know, and but mo- mostly her focus was on Jin Shaw? Or did she specifically say horrible things about Heather? Right. Meredith. Whitney. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the one example thing. they showed of Angie K responding, it was about like Angie H. Yeah. And I was and like, of, I don't really care about that. Yeah. And of course, Angie K at a certain point, like she obviously loves, you know, this show. We know she's probably a fan. She didn't have a, a Finsta or whatever. Right. But. So when she sees stories about how horrible Jin Shaw is or Angie H is, like she's like you know we've seen how well versed Bravo celebrities are in, in accounts that oh, talk yeah. about them. Like yeah, they that's inter- always that's historically since the like Twitter and Instagram days. So many storylines are built off of people liking tweets or. Yeah you know, agreeing with meme accounts. Like that causes drama. That's always been the case. Yeah. Um, So I do, like you said, I I do wish that we had more firsthand examples of why they were so rocked for this. But I just have to believe that there are things that Reality Vonti said about all of them. Because even Monica admitted there was collateral damage. I'm sure when Heather was riding for Jen Shaw, there was a lot of anti-Heather shit. Um, So... I think that, and also like Monica doing the beauty lab shit and stealing from Meredith. Like there are real world examples of what she did Mm -hmm. that I understand why it was so impactful. And I sort of very quickly understood the impact of reality Von Tees, even though I'd never known that account existed. Yeah. I just know that this is the world we're living in. Yeah. And um, I will say a part of it makes it feel like the scandal is that it's crazy. I mean, I guess it's, ultimately that she's like kind of a con artist but also it's kind of shocking that the bravo vetting process didn't catch that but how how would they i don't know but it's like 
that is a shocking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, but, but let's, it let's... is like I understand why so many people online are like they knew. You know what I mean? Even though well, there was a news I, I item, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of that actually. I, I haven't seen. I okay. So let's talk about it because if that's the big question, first off, I just want to do a thought experiment. If you or I applied to be on a show <laughs> or were connected enough to Ariana to be on Vanderpump Rules and they were vetting us or whatever, obviously they would take into account having a turtle time podcast where people yeah. be like, these are guys, these two people are fans and they went yeah. to Sir and pride. Like we probably wouldn't be good candidates to be cast. Yeah. But if I had a secret account called, called Vanderpump <laughs> drools and it's about the, the fall of Vanderpump and I didn't have turtle time, but yeah. I was an anonymous figure called Vanderpump drools. And I went to Sir every single day, <laughs> like, like calling up Peter talking about, how Sir stinks and the food sucks and Vanderpump is so past its prime and James Kennedy, you know, grabbed that person's ass at a yeah. club or whatever. If I was dedicated to taking down Vanderpump rules, I don't know a hundred percent how producers would know that I was, I was doing that. Right. I would have a Vanderpump drools at gmail.com. I'd have a completely different account. <laughs> you know, I would have a f- different photo. Right. I would never associate myself with it at all. It's hard to, it's hard yeah. to know that. So For I can, sure. and Monica, Monica is, crafty as yeah. hell monica yeah. is this was like now i want to watch the entire season be like yeah. monica you know everything about these people you know yeah. everything about your cast member you know everything about salt lake city history and probably every other bravo show you are like <laughs> you're like a robot created for for uh, you know to uh i guess you have all of the bravo knowledge within you and and this is how someone would operate if they knew everything about bravo and were pretending like they didn't right Yeah, it's the thing that's it's like psychologically interesting because this whole time I was sort of like her mom is a psycho, like she's dealing with a psycho mom. But I think her psycho mom bred a psycho daughter and they're both psycho together um, to bring our favorite phrase back. Folly a duh. (laughs) Folly a duh. I agree. They are just so much like what did we think or what does that mean again? Twin folly? Yeah, it's like two people shenanigans. Did together. you watch the video that yes. I don't know why Monica recorded it? If she's the one who was filming it, if her and her yes. mom, like who leaked that? I think did I, she said she sent it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> believe anything that Monica says. It's coming from so many different angles. That's what's confusing. But there's a video on like TikTok or Instagram, whatever you can find that I saw last night. That it's after the Greek yes. brunch which lunch, was, which. That af- the aftermath of that brunch seems wild. Monica fell down some un- incomplete stairs. Yeah, bruised which they her barely legs. talked about on the show. No, and then and then had a screaming match again with her mom, which is par for the course. But what was interesting about this is that the mom, her mom, Lin- Linda, yeah, was is talking about the show. Yeah, like like a stage mom, which I'm sure that if we had hidden cameras. Every housewife of all time has had these conversations. All of them. But we don't like to think about it. No. Or I don't. No. I, I, and, bet, I bet Meredith and Lisa, after every single scene or whoever, be like, that came off good. Eh, you came off bad. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you looked pretty lame there. And, I'll just say it. Yeah. It's uh, Monica and her mom screaming at each other about that they like fucked up the scene or like the mom is like, your job is to get camera time and like do whatever means necessary. And, and you- mission accomplished. Monica was the full focus of Greek Easter brunch. Totally. Everything was dedicated to her and her mom. But it was like down and dirty. I mean, it sounds diabolical to watch people talk that way, yeah. even though it's obviously very common like i was just watching 
uh, season, I think it was season seven, Roni reunion, where um, it's revealed that uh, Luann cheers the group to um, take Bethany down. Oh, man. <laughs> and yeah. that was not on camera. Um, and that always happens where people reveal, like, you told us not to film with her yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's like that's super common. But for some reason, in this context, it feels so dirty and like murderous or something. Like it feels like yeah, it, plotting. It, 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 it just shows, well, so now we know Monica um, is so well-versed in the the, the tropes of, of Bravo and what works that it makes everything she did on the show suspect. Yeah. And her mom seems like she's just as well-versed too. So to me, it casts doubt on their relationship. I mean, the her, Linda always did seem sort of like actory and performative to me. Yeah. And I couldn't place why I thought that was. Either she was awkward on camera or she just has this actory affectation when she's on camera but now i'm like monica you knew that this relationship is perfect fodder for a bravo audience and we absolutely i loved those scenes they were as impactful as anything else that salt lake city did i mean this could have you could say that monica and her mom was the best part of this season up until the finale and i just don't know how calculated that is right because well in this video they're fighting like gnarly fighting but that's also being recorded yeah 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 right i was just gonna say so it's like is filming this so and well, why were you are we why being was like she filming triple conned i think <laughs> now everything that monica did on camera is completely suspect and the, i love the little glimpses they gave in this finale of monica sort of the veneer um falling a little bit when she's like um i knew you guys wouldn't create you know fake accounts that's something i would do right and it was like whoa damn we're like what yeah (laughs) did you really say that so um it's i I guess meredith has a big vindication here totally oh they they the 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 core four were all like vindicated (laughs) it showed to me well, well should we talk about the specifics and then and then uh, sure. Like, I mean, I feel like we can basically like skip them going on scooters. Yeah, and just go to like the one hour later. Um, I did think the last thing before that that happened was that um, Monica used her credit card for um, Heather yeah. and Angie, and it got declined, which I thought was funny. Well, but... I wanted to say that just yeah, I, I like that too. I, I wanted to say specifically that the producers just said that they're not in on this you know, yeah. this thing at all. But I had the statement <laughs> pulled up, but I just completely lost it. So maybe we can go back to it. Um, they said it was like, we had no idea that she was reality Vontees. Uh, we were completely surprised the way that we were uh, with the yeah. uh, FBI sweep at Beauty Lab and Laser, yeah. um, which like the Fed sweep, that obviously is surprised because like the government doesn't fuck with you about like letting you know about yeah, that. they wouldn't call like, production to no. be like do you mind if we film with you at the, yeah. at the sprinter van no and um the way this episode that the editing of this episode and the structure and some of the things that they didn't show made me think that they were all reacting to real-time information oh, yeah. the big the cameramen were like gap. running yes i mean there's <laughs> scenes where people are like opening the door and shutting the door behind them there's scenes where you know whitney gets up and you see the seven crew members that are filming this thing like yeah this thing was was so so well orchestrated in such a short amount of time that I really felt, uh, I really felt the the power of Heather getting this information and scrambling to make this the best finale that they could yeah. based off this new information. Like I knew it, she was my favorite. Oh, oh my God. It's uh, the <laughs> ultimate. Meredith is vindicated, but it's, it's, 
it's the it's like such a crowning achievement for Heather as the most powerful cast member. I mean, she had four hours to structure this thing exactly how she wanted it to go down, and it's perfect. And then the editors, the way that they teased out the information was also amazing. Yeah. So can we talk about the timeline of like her wanting to figure this out and what steps she took yes yeah let's do it okay so you're right you just skip over scooters even though um i thought that it was extremely dangerous of them all to be on those scooters because monica instantly crashed into <laughs> a van God. i was like you do could not- tell that guy was pissed he yeah. was like she was like yeah i should probably figure this out so i don't die like and he's like yeah you will die it looked like she would have died in 30 seconds on the road she was like about to crash into a bunch of shit uh, as someone who has eaten shit off of a scooter in thailand i can tell you it is dangerous oh my god that is so <laughs> awful i was like they shouldn't do this activity no, no. scooters like no. at least get ones that are like four-wheel yeah um well and then you said about about the the credit card thing or whatever uh <laughs> which i guess that i guess i guess that was interesting just because people are saying that Monica not was not um, <laughs> was not turning on international um, spending she used two or whatever. Cards. Yeah, she just used a different credit card because <laughs> one was declined. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, I don't think that um, credit card companies even really do that anymore. No, I think that they know the minute that you book a flight or whatever that you're, you're they're preparing for your international spending. So the episode really starts. I mean, I almost think they just had to have the 10 minutes or 15 minutes of, of filler, you know, naturally, yeah. just because I think, you know, it wouldn't have filled up enough time with just this last four hours. But we get a, um, you know, a, a fourth wall break or whatever where the camera is just down. Yeah. And I had questions about that. Like, do, what were they doing? Do they just, like, was that a certified turtle piss break? And the cameraman <laughs> was just, like, taking a piss, and they were sort of just, like, laying low until the next scene happened. Right. But they keep the cameras on for situations like this. Right. Which... Yeah, because it was, like, rolling on the floor. Yeah, and obviously... Or maybe the, he, like, turned it on right before he picked it up. Yeah, like, the minute that, that he heard a phone call or, yeah. or Heather saying anything. I mean, you could tell that it was, like, scrappy or not planned because there's like, a... a producer or a pa right in the shot they're like just go in just go in yeah just go in (laughs) and then heather at this time we find out that this phone call is the final piece of verification that heather needed to confirm that monica garcia slash monica fowler (laughs) Uh which i think monica fowler is her real name yeah and she used monica garcia because she didn't want any evidence of monica fowler being out there because that would link her to beauty lab or or whatever i mean the fact that she's using a fake name and has two names is already kind of a big deal right so and and remember remember at at the brunch whatever the fuck your name is now yeah she's like why do you keep calling me that that's not my name or whatever and then monica goes you know my name it's monica garcia and the mom's probably like no it's not your name is when the mom calls guacamole dessert yeah, oh, that was great. <laughs> so Heather, that was the last piece that Heather needed to confirm this. And um, then when the uh, you know production comes in to get this on camera, I didn't, I didn't understand fully why Heather needed them out as if this is like a conversation that shouldn't be filmed. Right. Do you think? Do, what did you think her impulse? there was that she wasn't sure what she was going to do with this information yet and this is a private call right but she was really i mean obviously if you're trying to not entice producers you wouldn't have that reaction on the phone right Right. you wouldn't be like it was her yeah it was her the whole time you know what i mean it's like it was definitely it 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 made for a dramatic moment pushing and shoving them away right 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was just like totally overwhelmed and was like, I need to like get my ducks in a row before I deal with you yeah, guys. And I guess she kind of did have that moment with when Whitney was uh, screaming after her saying you exploited my vagina and she was like, oh, right. I need a break from this yeah. too. So maybe she just didn't want cameras when she wasn't fully ready yeah. for them. Yeah. So then um, we, so th- this is why I thought the editing was so good because after Scooters, they sit everyone down at the Bermuda Triangle yeah. dinner and I wanted to ask you, was everything about this, everything about this was done to capitalize on the new information that Heather learned? So Heather must have told production that I need to have some a dinner yeah. that represents the enormity <laughs> of this situation. And I want it with this theme and I want the dolls that are going to represent <laughs> who we ask a question about. Yeah. And so... I feel like this this whole thing had very like like scramble energy. Yeah. Like she she first She should get a producer credit. Yes. She first told production, this is what's going on. I think you need to pre- which I want to know. Did she actually say, "Hey, I need carte blanche to do whatever I want here and I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen?" Yeah. Or did she prepare them and say, "We need full coverage, full teams. I'm having a dinner yeah. and I am confronting Monica about something because if she didn't tell production, it's even more powerful. And yeah. that's why they're going, what the hell yeah. is happening? Don't you think it would behoove them? So like at BravoCon, they had the Vanderpump Rules producer panel, which means that they are open. I know that it was like a special environment for super fans or whatever. Um, but I'm like, don't you think it would behoove them to do like a special Yes. where they talk about all of these things, assuming that they really didn't know. And it was like, that would make them look good. Well, yeah, only That if, they pulled it off, yes, you know? totally. But only if their answers still keep the, the shroud of mystery that this show isn't overly produced and that right. they prompt and that producers are in the background holding up cue cards that right. say, bring up Monica's mom. Right. Which, like, that shit I don't want to know about. No. But, but yes, if this was all hands on deck, Heather's got a huge bombshell that she's going to reveal and we don't know what the hell it is. Right. It's like the way they talked about how they had to get cameras up for Scandal because they had already wrapped filming. Like, yeah. that's interesting to know just logistically – like fourth walls are broken at this point, like to a certain degree yeah. in special circumstances. So I think, I mean, maybe they'll talk about it at the reunion. This, this will warrant production related questions because yeah. it's just, and, and we're already getting more, I think um, confirmation than we would because people are casting doubt on if produ- producers right. knew. So and I now do- like Andy having a, I, I was gonna say podcast but it's a radio show like he's starting to talk a little bit more freely than he ever has before he used to be like super like yeah. doesn't talk about shit and more recently I feel like very recently he's become a little more chill yeah um he was talking about I mean maybe we talk about this after but Jen Shaw has responded from prison yeah yeah um yeah well <laughs> let's talk about that when we talk about Heather's other big revelation yes. which is just like a- you know, another bombshell that I didn't even know we were going to get this episode. Um, So, so the way it's structured is that we sit down and the audience has no clue what Heather is talking about. We think it's possibly going to be beauty lab related, but we know it's geared towards Monica, right? Like we know this revelation is about Monica, but we're thinking the entire time that it's about, I know that you owe beauty lab $6,000, right? Right. So she starts to, she starts to, um, she starts to discuss, you know, unsolved mysteries. And Heather has had, I guess, four hours to think about how she is going to bring this up. Right. So she uses the Bermuda Triangle as sort of like the the um, 
you know, the impetus for how she's going to talk about unsolved mysteries right. within the group. The one yeah. thing I had to ask you is that she goes, so they play the doll game, uh-huh. which at this point we find out that everyone who sat down at the table besides maybe Angie K already knew that this, this revelation. Right. So that's the big reveal. Yeah. That's the big reveal is that two hours before this dinner, before they sat down, Heather had an OG meeting on the beach, which is probably, that's probably the best scene of the entire episode. Don't yeah. you think that, that we find out that right before she's about to confront Monica, she told everyone except Angie yeah. that I want to know what her text said to bring them all down because they all come running. They're like, is everything okay? Come down now. Meet me on the beach. It's urgent. Um, and they're all like, are you crying? They all like start crying before she even says anything. This kind of stuff, this really, the fourth wall break for me sort of was about the relationship with the cast members. The fact that they are so like such strong friends together, which Heather sort of unveils at the end that this petty shit that they deal with, they're actually this united front because they've already dealt with the horrors of Jin Shaw. Yeah. It was actually like a fourth wall break in a way where it's like, don't pay attention to some of the garbage that we all throw at each other. Like what Whitney tries to throw at Heather every single day to get storyline shit. We're a united front and we've been through hell together and we're never going to let this happen to us again. Like that (laughs) friendship reveal was really strong. She's like, we've come a long way. I mean, obviously everyone online is saying it's like big little lies. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know. I don't, I didn't watch big little lies enough to know, like, except, I mean, they all, they all go into it like to kill Alexander Scars are and throw him down those stairs. Well, that happens essentially accidentally, kind of, and they band together as women to like not reveal who did it. Wow. Yeah. But then they told the audience. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then yeah, so so uh so this part when so I guess finding out, I mean for me, like the editing really was hitting so hard is when is when they sit down, they give us the the you know, teeing up for Heather to make the, the accusation. Then they show what she revealed to the OG cast members two hours before. And then we find out that it's reality Von Tees, that Monica has been reality Von Tees. And even though I didn't know who that was or what the hell yeah. that was, their reaction to her <laughs> being that was enough for me to be like, oh my God, yeah. Monica's reality Von Tees, this account <laughs> I've never heard of in my yeah. life. And then Heather instantly in her confessional tells the audience what this is, what it was. And you find out within one second, like, I was fully on the side of like, that's a big revelation. Right. I don't know who the hell this was, but right. the fact that she's a Bravo super fan takedown account, that's enough for me right. to be as shocked as them on the beach there witnessing that revelation. Right. And then Meredith is like, oh my God. Like her, her reaction <laughs> is like, she feels, I think, vindicated in, vindicated in that moment. But then also they're all so upset that they're like a group that constantly is getting attacked by outsiders. Yeah. And they had the Jin Shaw shit. They had Angie H's husband that had a Finsta that was reporting on all of them. Like they have so many like infiltrator spies in their group. Yeah. But I felt like Meredith's upset, like cry for, I'm so tired of people trying to hurt us was her, (laughs) you know, announcing to the world that Salt Lake city like has these like, they have vultures. vipers and vultures <laughs> all around them. Like Salt Lake City is a small town. Yeah. And this 
show provides so much oxygen within Salt Lake City that I feel like no one in the city can help but focus on this when they're filming. Yeah. And there's so many people that want a little piece of this that the fact that a takedown account that was fully dedicated to Salt Lake City was in their midst yeah. was like, it just racked their brains. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, who else? Like Jen, they already dealt with Jin Shaw. Yeah. Jin Shaw was probably doing this on a on a daily basis, reporting them to Page Six, talking shit about them, and so now they're like, we finally got over the hump, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> now it's like Jin Shaw two point Right. Like it was more a reaction to them all getting past Jen Shaw and then having to deal with something like that again that I yeah. felt like made this revelation just as shocking, even though she didn't specifically target them as much. Mm-hmm. It was like, there's another Jen Shaw here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's nice the way they were all brought together. And I feel like we felt that at BravoCon because we saw oh. it was um, Heather, um, Angie K, And Lisa. Lisa. We're Pathetic. thick as thieves. Yeah, the four of them, three of them. Yeah. Uh, and they looked so happy together, and we were kind of surprised. Yeah, I was Because like, we hadn't seen that yet. Yeah, no, like, so, I mean, that means that the Heather and Lisa alliance is still strong, which I've loved seeing their friendship, because they are both so powerful, and I see what they see in each other and why they like each other. So that's still going strong. And it made me love Angie Kay, who... I was so down on. I was like, <laughs> she's a flop. She's uh, stirring a bunch, a bunch of fake shit. But now I think Angie K has resigned herself to be sort of comic relief and yeah. just a legitimate friend. And yeah. that's the angle that Angie K needs to stay in. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm fine with a legitimate friend that they like yeah. being in this group. Yeah. Um. It was just when she was starting shit that I didn't like her, but I liked this Angie K that we finally. Yeah. Got. Just like a kind of sideline, like positive force. Um. I okay so uh Heather said that the the wheels first started turning because she wanted to go get Monica a gift card from Beauty Lab and Laser for her birthday the trip that they are on and 100% believable I totally like, that checks out I mean yeah. you wanted to get her a Beauty Lab thing and yeah. you found out that there are multiple multiple right like yeah three three Monica's with different last names but the same birthday so I guess like they went to type in like the, the account of the person that the gift card was going yeah. to and there were like a bunch of them so like monica fowler okay okay so she didn't so she thought it was great to use a bunch of fake names but didn't want to change the birthday right is that because like maybe she had do you think that means she has different driver's licenses or something i mean it's possible because that's the one element i think that you can't fake on all these different ids right like um like you you can have two driver's licenses at the same time like if if the dmv makes a mistake I don't want uh-huh. to say specifically who I know who has two driver's licenses, but you can ha- you can get them. It's a yeah. DMV mistake. So possibly she had to verify that the birth dates were the same, even though she didn't want to. Right. My question is, why the hell was she going to Beauty Lab multiple times because she wanted to report on shit in Beauty Lab? Yeah. Or, or was she, did she want to take advantage of Beauty Lab? A and welcome, actually- uh, welcome offer where if you start a new account, you get a free Botox or something. Yeah. Something like that. I was like, why, I was like, is this, was this part of her like boots on the ground reporting? Right. Did she kept going or did she just really want to take advantage of Beauty Lab, a Salt Lake City cast members store right? as three different people? Right. And so, and then I'm like, how does their billing work? Like she owes them money. And I'm like, don't you just have to pay with a, credit card like yeah why do they have like layaway yeah I, i'm <laughs> i'm not sure maybe the procedures that she did are enough to where you know you payment don't, plan yeah payment plan um i i don't know but i thought that was like 
I thought that was a great way for Heather to start her, the mystery narrative. Cause yeah. it made sense to me. Totally. Um, and then they start talking about like the weird Angie DMS and yes. how like that whole thing was very weird. Yes. Um, and then basically ultimately they show a montage of her talking shit about everyone. And you are like, wow, she is like very invested in everyone's like, business yes. yes and then heather <laughs> said heather said something so when when heather was talking about the sex talk where i was like heather what are you doing with this like high horse about sex talk but she was like the way monica talks about things and lets out information makes me suspicious of her and the way that monica was so uh was so um it was so easy for her to talk about like her having sex with her brother-in-law made yeah. me cautious with the information I share with her. And then now when you see all these examples back to back of Monica being so entrenched in the <laughs> secrets of this cast, you're like, oh, I understand Heather's hesitation here. Right. Yeah. When she's like, Angie Kay's husband fucks guys all over town. Everyone knows. And it's like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> like you knew that. And then, and then, and then I liked that they, they kept, they edited out all the times that Whitney and Meredith were starting to get suspicious of Monica. Like Whitney went up to Heather and I, I like this. It's like, they were all sort of coming on this mystery together. Whitney goes, did you think it was a little sort of mm -hmm. odd timing that, um, Monica got a, a DM 40 minutes before our, our dinner about the same shit that her and Meredith supposedly talked about, about Angie yeah. K being in the Greek mafia. Like, I like that even Whitney was getting suspicious about Monica. And then Meredith, we see Meredith's conversation with Heather, Heather, where Meredith goes and which i feel like they were not including these in the bermuda trip because they wanted to make this reveal more powerful obviously yeah. so meredith says the only reason i brought up that dm is because that was all the shit that monica was saying to me and then within a day i get a dm verifying all the same information right. so I, she thought it was suspicious too right it's yeah do you think that uh they called andy cohen that night and we're like you're not gonna fucking believe this <laughs> i so so uh, how much production was involved? Like, at what point they got involved? I really do want to know. Like we said, did Heather keep them all? I mean, I don't know. Do you have time in a four hours after you learn this revelation to call Andy and tell producers? Right. And like, would Andy give advice from the sidelines of how right. to handle this? Like, yeah, I, it seemed ramshackle enough to where I think Heather could have been on her own. Well, you know what? No. I mean, they had two hours because production found out when she told them on the beach. So right. they had two hours to be a part of this. But I think if I, I think I have to accept that Heather probably told them the minute after she shoved them out of the room that this yeah. was going on and production had to be a part of this entire thing. Right. And if Andy Cohen is called, it would be because someone from production, right. you know, called Andy to talk about this, yeah. I think. So then how does she get to the Tanisha of it all? I'm trying to remember that. So um, she... Because uh, <laughs> she said that she confronts Tanisha um, and she says that she had oh, a crisis of conscience. Tanisha was a good friend. She had already heard who Monica was from her friend Tanisha. That was her connection to Monica and how she got cast on the show. The okay. only reason she knew who Monica was was because of Tanisha. So she decided to do a background check, character check uh -huh. on Monica through Tanisha. Uh -huh. And that's when Tanisha started breaking down and said... <laughs> Oh, I, I want to like, hear that conversation. You know what? She's like, I killed them all, of course. Of course. <laughs> this is <laughs> maybe the mo only comparable thing is the jinx. A full-blown Durst in the bathroom. Uh, was Burping. He, he was, oh, I, I was like, was he dry heaving? It's like, no, it was uncontrollable Belch. burps. 
<laughs> it was uncontrollable belching. Um, that's yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, she what said. What if Monica had done that? What if Monica had started to burp in nervousness at the Bermuda Triangle dinner, just like Durst? Total so, Durst. So Tanisha, Tanisha, um, folded under pressure. I don't know what Heather said to her, but she said within two seconds. Yeah, she, she was goes, like, "I was there for all of it." Here are every single DMs that we had. Like they, they like Tanisha folded on Monica like. Uh, like the quickest that you could ever do. Like, yeah. It's like, did not like succumb to absolutely no pressure, just out of Monica. She's completely. like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, we were a part of it. This is all the shit that she did. Do you think um, they'll bring her out at the reunion? That would be amazing. Bring oh, Tanisha I, out. I think they will. That'd I think they'll amazing. have to. She's, she's too a part of this finale to not want her side of things. That's like, for, there's so rarely someone that they have come out. That's like a friend of, or like a random that's ever, necessary right and this would be great yeah it, that would be so great and then you know you we we find out that like while like so monica was employed as jin shaw's assistant yeah but was constantly leaking videos of like jin shaw having angry tirades all of her staff she was driving by her house to show people when jaw jin shaw was outside mm -hmm. and this was three people because monica names other people that were running this account as well right um, and then Heather has one more thing. So she has the suspicion in the group. She has uh, the beauty lab, you know, um, what's that called? She's got beauty lab Fraud. evidence. And then, and then she calls one last source. Which <laughs> but we, we don't know who. Someone at Bravo. Deep Throat. Deep Throat. A casting director. Will they ever tell us? The reason why it's bleeped is because that person has not signed off on, you know, an NDA or, or, um, has not allowed themselves to be, you know, presented on camera. So someone from production doesn't make much sense unless they didn't want a, a fourth wall break, another uh -huh. fourth wall break. And they wanted to keep the identity of a producer, but I don't think she'd be calling a producer because I don't, I believe that production was not, um, did Pretty. not know that Monica ran this Finsta. Yeah. yeah I'm very curious. So then um, all of that leads to her telling the group. Um, then, so then that gets back to our dinner, right? Yeah. Where she's, where they leave us, you know, want a, a full tease of what Heather is going to accuse Monica of. But then now we know. But my question is why the hell and how the hell were the other cast members able to have conversations about anything else other than this ultimate reveal? <laughs> why? Did they let it linger and have this conversation about the word dramatic? Right. And who said dramatic? I know. More? I was like confused until it got to where it was going. I was like, wait, so who knows what? Like, what is happening? Right. I was like, like, how did. What are they waiting for? So and then there are some things that Lisa do. Did, uh, the second time I watched it, when Lisa goes, I don't have the energy to talk about this anymore. Baby Goose is going to bed or whatever she said. She, I think. And Meredith is kind of silent too. I feel like a lot of them lose the seam. Only Whitney wanted to bring up her own storyline, just some yeah. garbage about her being dramatic, which she obviously was. Yeah, she so has a real appetite for she, that. She needs storylines. Like she is so wants storylines, which I do want to talk about the Heather and Whitney thing, but it's so much less impactful. Yeah. But um, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, this is where Heather's like, I, I, her doll, I think is Meredith. And she's like, I'm not using the Meredith doll. Why, why did she give herself the right I, I, that, Monica I, that's doll? That's my main question. I, I, have, I have, you, you did all of this work and you got the table to be in a Bermuda triangle <laughs> to articulate how there's an unsolved mystery within the group. And then you don't have Monica's doll. Did you sit in the wrong seat at the last <laughs> minute? Or also, we wouldn't have known that was Meredith's no. doll. Like you could have just said. I, no. Yeah. She's like, I actually don't have a question for Meredith. 
but Monica, yeah, I I do want that mystery revealed. Right. It was like it. Was, but then those those little details make me think it's like this is so much more real because of the weird little things that <laughs> right. happen to get you to this point. It wasn't like a perfect script. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like she had Meredith's doll for totally. some reason. She goes, I don't have a question for Meredith. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, Who is the real Monica? So at this point, at this point. Monica is just like, she has to know that the cat's out of It's like a full femme fatale moment, like at the end of like a noir or something where uh, Jimmy's favorite joke when something like this happens, he he does little gun hands and it's like, you couldn't leave well enough alone, could you? Yeah, that's (laughs) that's exactly what it was. And she's like, Monica is someone who wants to profit from our lives and our pain. Uh, And she's like, who you really are is, and it's like blank. And then it was a commercial, right? Yeah. Is that what happened? Commercial break. But then, so then, so she's revealing it to, <laughs> she's revealing it to Angie K. <laughs> did Angie K know? Like, right. Was Angie K the only one in this entire, Yeah, she didn't besides earn Mon- the, the early reveal. Right. Like, so only Monica and Angie K know that this is about to be revealed at this Bermuda dinner, <laughs> right. right? She must have been shook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then, yeah, Heather starts to go hard. She's like, you're an internet troll a cyber bully and this is where she does it was instantly iconic like you could tell it's like they played drums behind each of her words she's like receipts proof timeline screenshots which i didn't realize until i saw it online that that's exactly what monica had said previously because it wasn't iconic when she said it last time yeah Well, well well so so that lead up was because um heather Again, Heather was so calculated, like, you know, and, and knew what to do to pull this thing off and make it as dramatic as possible. She goes, Monica, she goes, like, right before she does this reveal, she goes, you know, Meredith, why I didn't stand up for you in the cave, you know, uh, why I didn't believe you about the thing. It's because I believed Monica. Monica, why do you think we all believed you? And Monica goes, well, I had the timeline, the proof, the evidence, the DMs. And Heather goes, Heather goes, oh, so it wasn't the truth. And she goes, that's what I said. Evidence, proof. And Heather goes, oh, the proof. And so then when Heather does this double down reciting her callback or whatever, she's like, I had exactly what you said you you're needed perfect. to prove. Yeah, the, your yeah. perfect combination for the truth. I had the proof, the evidence, the timeline. And it was like, I, I don't know who else in the Bravo universe who could have orchestrated this yeah. better. It was giving Stassi- closing arguments. It was giving closing cl- closing arguments. It was giving <laughs> Stassi uh, Vanderpump Rules uh, season two finale when she gathered everyone around for that perfect execution of Kristen. <laughs> yeah. It was like this is this couldn't have gone better. Besides her having the right doll and it yeah. having Monica's hair, she should be a, a party planner. Everything about it, everything about it was so well executed to to the point where I don't think production would have handled it even if they had all the time in the world to make this what they wanted it to be. It could have been handled better. Yeah, Heather did everything for this to bring it to this moment and she just keeps going she had this reveal and then she does even more she has the 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 um we're friends we're thick as thieves and we'll survive everything she has you know it's like she just kept adding to the power of this scene she couldn't stop yeah uh monica's like that is bullshit. That was never my account. And Heather's like, you are reality, Von Tees. And then you see you see Monica in the moment. Monica's crafty as hell and smart as hell. And Heather yeah, even gives her credit. She's surveying goes, her options. She's like, what do I do here? And she's like, that's not, you know, that's partially true. She goes, that's, that's not true. 
In- Entirely. And you're like, what does that mean? And she's <laughs> leaving a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for to blame this on Tanisha potentially, right. to blame this on other people. And then uh, Monica's sort of, um, what's that called when you have a secret thing in your, your, your back pocket? Mm-hmm. Her last piece of like what she wants to bring to the table is that when this is revealed, she wants the world to know that all of the Salt Lake City cast members were interacting with this account, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that all of them were using this account to spread gossip <laughs> and lies about each other. Right. So she's holding that in her back pocket, but she doesn't utilize that fully. She yeah. alludes to it. But she says, why is it such a big deal? You all know that you interacted. With this. She's saying it more in her confessionals to yeah. us. Why this is not such a big deal. And and she says specifically that she was there to take down Jen Shaw. Mm-hmm. So she's justified in her actions because Jen Shaw is a monster. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, this is where I feel like it gets sort of confusing. So they're saying it goes back to Monica seeking out Jen on social media to become her assistant to even get into this world in the first place, which whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, well, whatever the, whatever the timeline is, we need to find out the timeline but i think she just took advantage of her role as an assistant like tanisha was taking advantage of her role as a a hairdresser to heather to provide gossip and stories to people about these people that they're infiltrating you know in the salt lake city universe confused about why her being in meredith's meredith's store i know that she lied about never having been there before but why is it such a big deal that she went into meredith's store with jen shaw because she's the one who stole the clutch with Jin Shaw when there's security footage That's... of Jin Shaw's assistant. If I remember correctly, they all knew that Jin Shaw's assistant came in the store and stole something. So, so the... they talked about that's who they were talking about last year before we knew who she was yes and then to have that on camera you see Monica very clearly (laughs) doing that that makes me think that this this whole I'm fighting for justice and I'm fighting against Jin Shaw when you were with Jin Shaw you were probably (laughs) ride or die for her and you were doing shit with her and you were even though you're making it seem like oh I'm an FBI agent that does crimes just to get to the actual criminal or whatever it's like I think you were entrenched enough with Jin Shaw to where you were probably doing fucked up shit with her too yeah, I feel like anyone that was in that household knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I really my takeaway now is like the shocking reveal is that Salt Lake City is a nest of vipers for the Salt Lake City cast, and they have to be so suspicious of every single person they interact with, even more than any other city, because Salt Lake City is such a small town, and it's very much affected by having this show film there. Right. I think it 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 makes people deranged. Right. In that city. <laughs> I like when she was like, uh, uh, Reality Von Tees was never just one person. Our mission was to take down Jen. The rest were just collateral damage. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, what she says. That's such a like funny, like bad, like uh, drama murder mystery line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did have sort of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the villain or whatever, but yeah. like here, here's why I did it. I mean, did you see all of her posts, her, the number of lines on her stories, there were like 400 stories of her reposting everyone saying that she was an icon. She did a whole photo shoot of her like burning newspapers and being like, yeah, I know 
the bridges I burned will light the way or whatever. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, man, I wish people would chill after an episode <laughs> and let us revel in the mystery and stuff and not just instantly tell every single secret. Like yeah. when um, Tanisha was, she was on her stories talking about this stuff. I was like, man, I want to just sit with this for a second and not have you all revel in your newfound infamy. You know right. what I mean? It, like it takes sort of the fun sure. out of it that Monica, lo- you know, is loving this and she had a whole PR campaign ready to sure. go. I mean, it's funny though, just knowing, I mean, she has to be done now, right? Like, Monica? Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn. You well, think Bravo will bring her back? Oh, yeah. You oh, do? Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. You don't think they'll be like, you betrayed us by lying to us? No, because they... Who would film with her, though? There's precedent for this. There, there, there are people. Uh, people have said Brandy was on the outs with the entire Beverly Hills cast, and she had to film a p- potential redemption season. They could cast a friend of Monica so easily if they want the fallout from this, and have Monica have scenes with someone else, and then little by little, Whitney, who is so starved for a goddamn storyline, will instantly have lunch. It's happening with Tom Sandoval. I mean, there are ways. Monica is clever and crafty and smart enough to figure out how to have screen time on this season, and then they could tease it out to where Heather will finally have to have one scene with her because if they want their Christmas bonus at the end of the season, <laughs> they have to film with cast members. Yeah. I think Bravo's love of entertainment will far outweigh the fact that they were duped. It's mm-hmm. more on the casting director and whoever yeah. they relied on to the casting director than for producers. The casting just got handed up to them. We're trying out this person. She was a shining star. I think this person's good to go. I'm not looking into if they have Finstas or not. Now, though, that will set a precedent for making sure they will verify that no one has ever done this shit before. Well, this is why I would love to see a producer panel where is there anyone who thought something, maybe not reality Von Tees, but like who had watched that footage a million times of the Meredith store that was like, is that? Because remember on the Vanderpump Rules producer panel, one of the producers had been on maternity leave or something like that. So she had been gone for the whole beginning of season 10. Mm-hmm. And then she came back yeah. and started watching it and was like, what the fuck is going on between Rachel and Tom? That was awesome. And because no one else had noticed because they had just been watching it all along and she came in watched all of it and was like something weird is going on so i'm like was "Was there someone that like saw it from a different angle when i saw that monica security footage i was like it was just enough to where she had blonde hair it didn't fully look like her in a mask i was like wow like now that i know what she looks like that is her but i can imagine people not really reviewing that footage again for this season to be like i think this is it was irrelevant i really want to live in the world where i don't think production did this if i find out that or you know knew but i i don't think they did i feel like this was a surprise and shock to them because i feel like the finale would have been orchestrated differently had they known the entire time Mm -hmm. i felt the timeliness of this reveal yeah Um, i mean that's the thing is like with Monica and her mom, it's interesting regardless because them being diabolical together, planning their own drama while having real drama is also insane. Yeah. Like that makes them more insane. Right. So it's... Well, I mean, the fact that Monica, we besides her telling the world that she had this um 18-month affair with her brother-in-law right. and that her relationship ended because she was cheating, that's not even touched yet. No, they like I mean, never talk about any it. Any other cast member would have their entire storyline be about trying to reconcile with that, have yeah. the brother-in-law be there. Monica I didn't know. even need that. No, yeah, it's like really been brushed under the rug. And and really, I mean, I have to say, like, yes, for 100%, Monica, I think, is coming back. I, I, she has to come back and people will 
film with her. People will want the power of Monica. She's she just made too much of an impact to where they have to have the fallout from this. They could never just remove her from season five because okay. her impact is too powerful. She's coming back. We got to see this reunion. Yeah, this I mean, is like the perfect scenario for a reunion because there's details that we need and, and, and clarity see, on. Yeah, and did you see how like the teaser showed absolutely nothing? It was like Meredith's impression of Whitney. Like they're giving us nothing because yeah. I think it's going to be that explosive when yeah. it comes out. I can't wait. Um, did you like how one of uh, Angie K's replies to Reality Vontees, one of them was like the 100 yeah. and one of them was like the clap and then one of them was L-O-F-L. I've never seen that before. L-O-fucking-L. What did you say it was? Laughing. laughing out fucking loud. Oh, I like that. L-O-F-L. I've only I, seen R-O-F-L. I would consider it such an honor if um, Angie ever followed Turtle Time and we got a classic <laughs> L. Fuck. Yeah. What is it? Laughing L-O-F-L. my fucking. Oh, yeah. That was great. Um, okay. So when I want to, I just want to, I want to on this Heather train of power, I do want to say that after, so everyone takes a little piece of Monica once it's revealed. Whitney has her moment where it's like, she says, you said things about me. And we're like, okay, yeah. She said, you're a swinger and that you you get new recruits by going to the bathroom with them or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. she did talk shit about you. Meredith says, you stole from me. And it's like, okay. So everyone has their grievance against Angie K. Tries to... <laughs> <laughs> I like Angie K, yeah. but I feel like they maybe should have edited out what Angie K tried to bring to it. All she does is grab a flower bouquet and say, I don't like you. You yeah. talk shit about me. It's like, it was, it, that Didn't was such she a... she throw something at the Mormon lunch too? Yeah, she did. She does things that <laughs> could possibly be edited out and they would have no impact on the story. She was like, I'll, I'll throw this bouquet. I swear yeah, to God. <laughs> Angie K, I, I, we, we've said it. I, I like your presence on the show, but everything you think you're doing to gain attention is wrong yeah everything you do that is not to garner attention is good your outfits are fun the humor is fun everything you're doing just don't try to get storylines then you'll end up like whitney like a craven person who just tries to stir up shit for no reason yeah so that's my advice to angie k because that was really the one flop moment i was like what is angie k doing here right um so yeah they're basically asking for clarity they're like because she's still trying to say it was tanisha's account and they're like tell us exactly what you did with the account what was your part of it? Right. What did you do it for? Whatever. She admits to the Jen Shaw videos. She's yep. like, you know, like, yeah, I admit to that. Like, I was trying to take her down. She's a bad person, whatever. Um, then Lisa Barlow starts, like, she's like, you're such a loser or something yeah. like that. And Monica goes ham. She's like, fuck you, you dumb old fucking piece of shit, leather rubbery bitch, Donald Trump hands. Yeah. What does that mean? Orange? No, Small? Donald Trump uh, I'll just say it. Uh, I hope I don't get sued. <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, infamously, has tiny hands. Why was that? Is that an insult to a woman? Because <laughs> I think she thinks Lisa Barlow has hands reminiscent of Donald Trump's little hands. Orange but I, little hands. Yes, but I feel like... Um, Nothing that, besides the vitriol and how angry and uh, how ready Monica was to go after Lisa, none of the remarks to me, uh, you know, stuck. Right. It was just like a, a tirade of, of insults that she's used a hundred times before, besides adding Donald Trump hands, sure. which was a new one. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of like, Lisa, don't start with me, you old bitch. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, it's like <laughs> Lisa is so justified in also being calling you a loser. Sure. Like, yeah. And then, um, you know, they're like, wow, like you did that to Jen. 
like you could do it to all of us and she's basically like well then don't abuse your employees then like you know she's saying she did it to jen justifiably don't do anything that i would want to call out or whatever but um but I get their point that having a spy in the group that would leak out shit and film them in off times <laughs> or whatever is um, precarious for these cast members. Right. And it makes me also feel like production wasn't in on it because it would be a liability to put a takedown account amidst the cast members that they think is an organic cast member and then potentially have that person leaking stories and putting all their shit up on, you know, different right. accounts. Yeah. Um, this, so Heather, this is like part two. Yes. Heather yeah. is saying she like stands up yes. and is saying, we've all, we're like, we were all scared of Jen for years. Yeah. Um, you know, we stood by her side, which a little bit is like, yeah, you shouldn't have. Can I, I'm offering, I'm like, I'm a hundred percent absolute Heather Gay stan, no matter what. Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw created a extremely toxic (laughs) friendship to say the least with Meredith and Heather, the people who hung on. They had no idea. I think they were so in Jen Shaw's toxic. The cult of Jen Shaw. Toxic, yes. Toxic worldview that they really thought there was some plausible deniability there with the accusations against Jen Shaw that it wasn't until the moment she was convicted that they realized the horror that they had been a part of. (laughs) Heather went to talk about fucking ride or die. Heather got a black eye from her and just (laughs) never admitted it. Waiting for for possibly for Jen Shaw to ever admit it on her own. Right. That is that shows you. It's like I mean I'm saying it. It was an abusive relationship. Yeah. And little did we know, or did she know, that she was going to have such a beautiful podium at which to reveal. It, it's it's it was like <laughs> I was like okay I thought it was going to be beauty lab lawsuit. No, it's it's she's a reality TV show takedown account, and then also Heather is going to finally <laughs> reveal. And it's going to sync up perfectly with what they're talking about here, which is like your energy reminded us of Jen Shaw and we just got past the Jen Shaw era and we are united as a front and we'll never go back to that place again. Yeah. I wrote for Jen Shaw so hard <laughs> that I even let her give me a black eye and I never told. And yeah. then Lisa goes, wow. Do you remember? Like, yeah. They're hearing this for the first time. Yeah. Monica's like, well, I'm glad you finally told the truth for once. That was that was awesome because that, that to me was like, Monica always knew that and probably talked about that on her takedown account all the time. Yeah. And like, I liked that it. it was like, do you see how evil Jen Shaw was? You were ride or die for it. And now you can finally admit the truth. That's what I've been doing. Right. I mean, we still don't know exactly what happened. Jen Shaw. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like, she's obviously an awful human and she had drunken rage freakouts <laughs> that we probably never even saw, but then some we saw on camera. Like and I bet the minute Hill. Heather said like, uh, Jen, can you I, I, can you do something for me for a second? Jen Shaw just punched her in the face. There's no. It's just very funny to imagine because Jen Shaw is like four foot three, and Heather is like a very strong yeah. woman. Well, it just shows how awful Jen Shaw was, and how being in her orbit is is toxifying and and, yeah. and ruins you and ruins your um, moral compass. And then, uh, well, I guess I guess let's finish the episode, and then I want to talk about Jen Shaw's statement, which yeah. I thought completely landed like a dud. Right. Well, yeah, basically Heather's like, pack your bags and go. Like yeah. she's been eliminated. Um, and they're basically saying, you know, you don't deserve to sit at this table. You know, you're trash, basically. Yeah. Um, you got he, un, you got here under false pretenses. Um, 
like uh, you don't belong on this cast. I mean, it's like Heather was making the casting call, like you won't come back for another season. Yeah. Leave now. But she doesn't have that authority. Yeah. And Monica says, even Gossip Girl couldn't stay Gossip Girl forever. Um, and then she walks right into the ocean. Yeah, walks right into the sea. Um, and in her confessional, she's saying that like there's more to the story. And she's like, and trust me, you're all going to want to hear it. Yeah. And more to the story, you know, she's a entertainer and that's what made her so good on this season. She's alluding to the fact that all of them potentially, which uh, that will be, you know, huge bombshells if we find out Whitney is like, hey, um, Heather said an offensive slur when she was drunk with me or whatever, you know, like if we do find out behind the scenes details that they were using this account to take down each other. That's going to be a big deal. BGC. It appears that Monica brings a mean girl style burn book to the reunion, now, which that, everyone groans at. Yeah. Is that Bravo sanctioned? Because Bravo just released a mean girl um, full, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, PR campaign. So the timing mm. of that. <laughs> I mean, it looks. Is exactly that Spawn? Like, yeah. Um, did we? I think I feel like we did this. We did it justice, right? Yeah. We went through it. Well, um, so, yeah. Jen Shaw somehow post does she post on instagram from jail or is this the first time i think you just call i mean obviously i I like call someone i mean there there are rappers that are recording albums from jail so i don't know (laughs) what it's like like you can hand off a usb you know and record on the mics in a you know in in jail yeah but um you can just call you could just call someone have them post for you sure obviously and like whatever or maybe she has access to the computer for a second i don't think you would because especially her you wouldn't want her her near a computer (laughs) possibly like make fraudulent deals maybe they have computer labs what? Yeah, maybe they have a little computer lab in there. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they do. They have like, I, well, I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to go to see, we already said we're going to go see Jen Shaw and talk about this <laughs> with her. But her statement, I can just recite it. It was so <laughs> shitty. It yeah. was the worst justification for why it was not her. She goes, if I gave Heather the black eye, don't you think they would have filmed it? It's like, <laughs> no, they can't film everything. Yeah. They don't film everything. Things happen off camera. Yeah. And I also, I remember it was like 5 a.m. You guys were all <laughs> drunk and yeah. production was sleeping. Yeah. Like they, they they have her on the CCTV camera or the security footage just coming into her room after the black eye. But they, no, yeah. they didn't film it. Yeah. And then she goes, and also, if I had punched someone in the eye, would Andy <laughs> really want to have a one-on-one interview with me post my sentencing? Yeah. Yes. Yes, he would. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. More than anything in the world. Yeah. Like he answered to these things on his radio show he was saying he was like first of all he was like he was like a i just got scammed i don't know if you followed his saga but he got scammed like a banking scam where they like called him about fraudulent charges and you know be careful out there you guys the technology is getting very good um yeah but uh anyway so he's now particularly uh pissed off at people that scam people so he hates jen even more now yeah uh he said uh jen uh you know trust me if we had the footage we would have aired it we didn't uh, have it i mean it, it just it, it goes without saying sure obviously and then he said i totally forgot about that whole one-on-one thing um he was he said that her demands were insane for what she wanted it to be and also she was still lying at that point so ultimately it would have been a total waste yeah. of time because she lied to him for two reunions worth i i jen shaw would have more um plausibility if she would have just done an instagram story saying she fell into doorknob <laughs> i would have been like okay <laughs> Okay, I, I, I believe that more than Jen Shaw's stupid response. And I can't believe Jen Shaw had all this time 
And that's what she came up with as her huge uh, <laughs> evidence against the fact that she gave her the black eye. Right. And then you see the footage of Heather when Heather um, uh, when Heather said, "Yeah, I don't know how I got this black eye." And Jen goes, "Yeah, we're really looking into this thing. We really don't know how." And it's like Heather was waiting for Jen Shaw to take accountability for this thing. Yeah. Yeah, Jen wow. Shaw is. I mean, I think what, there's no there's never been a murderer on a on a Bravo <laughs> show, right? No. Okay, so Jin Shaw is the most evil. We should do a top ten most evil. Yeah, Jin Shaw's number number one or two. I can't remember some of the other main cast yeah. members that I mean, were hers, as evil as as we've discussed. Definitely the worst crimes. I mean, Tom Girardi's crimes are equally as bad. He's but, not a, but he's we can't add him into the mix because then you no. get into that that Danny guy from New Jersey who <laughs> sure. was like killing people and putting him in the trunk allegedly. Yeah. Um. Did you see Tom Girardi has uh, been deemed fit to stand trial though? <laughs> uh, my 2024 honesty i'm i don't know what the bar is for competency but i i i've already said it i i unfortunately think tom girardi is is suffering from dementia and what I, evidence do you have when i see a man <laughs> just come out of shitty a nursing home and he's wearing a suit it looks like it was taken out of David Byrne's closet. And it's four <laughs> sizes too big. That's the what they're trying to do. What if, what if he knows me, every trick in the I book? What if I got accused of a crime like in two months or whatever, and you saw a paparazzi <laughs> photo of me, and I'm wearing too big of a suit, and my hair is messed you're up, and you're, clown like, shoes. and you're like, <laughs> he's doing the Tom Girardi dementia defense. <laughs> it's for like a traffic ticket. <laughs> so okay you're right i don't have any evidence i think i'm just so i was so on erica the side of erica not being complicit and tom yeah. girardi actually being uh, i don't want to say the word you're a girardi uh, stan I'm, no i'm not girardi stan i'm just a i'm just a i'm just a not you're like he was a pillar of our community for many he, years. i love him he was the, he was responsible for aaron brockovich um i i i think that i am so adverse to piling on without knowing all the facts like i'm so averse to to when the culture defines someone as a villain and erica girardi got it erica jane she got it so hard for two years without specifically anybody knowing any of the details you know of what was actually going on that i was just like i need to allow for the counter in my mind that everything is beyond a reasonable doubt exactly (laughs) exactly right what tom girardi would say if you were here (laughs) well that's what was so interesting to watch those two seasons together like that everyone stood by jen shaw and no one stood by erica even though jen shaw was so disgustingly guilty Uh, right that shows you the (laughs) the limits of of friendship in the beverly hills universe versus um you know being ride or die for jen and and Lake city i mean i in their defense i felt like heather and Meredith, to a somewhat lesser extent, just could not imagine that Jen Shaw was actually capable of that. Like, right. they just could not imagine. Where Erica Girardi's, there was more nuance there. And you right. don't really know. The sure. details were t- more boring. Right. And you don't know what to believe. Jen Shaw's was so open and shut that you can't believe that the person It was like you've been, all or nothing. All or nothing. Yeah. Yes. Is this person morally capable of doing this? We found out yes. Yeah. Whereas Erica, it was more like... She probably knew there was something fishy going on, but ultimately she just wanted to live that lifestyle. So it's like, what level of acceptance was she having? Where, But they, on Beverly Hills, they really wanted her to be like, take everything I've ever gotten. Take my earrings. Take yeah. everything. I'm going to live in a hovel. Like, I don't want anything to do with any of it. And she's more like, 
well, I mean, I was married to a rich yeah. guy for 20 years. Like, yeah. I get something. Yeah, I mean, looking back, I always thought that Erica sort of standing up for herself and not, um, not, you know, admitting that she was a part of anything illegal and sort of standing firm and that she had no idea. I was like, you know, even though the world thinks that you're an evil person, it's admirable that you're not letting the world make you say anything that you don't want to do and you're going to let the justice system, you know, speak sure. for you. I mean, she handled it poorly in that she like turned into like a demon um, whenever they talked about it. But I understand she was under stress, but she could have handled it better. But she could have handled it better she was like i don't give a shit about anyone but me that was such a good let's isolate that i'm glad i didn't speak for a few seconds let's isolate that and that's our erica Girardi that we always use erica jane um i thought that it was 2024 full honesty i would rather see her real feelings that i don't give a shit about anybody but me someone say that yeah then then go then have the pr Here's what I say mm-hmm. every single time. I stand with the victims and I am so ashamed and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I gave her credit for being fully honest that she's only thinking about herself right then in the moment. She was drunk when she said it and she was pissed off or whatever. Sure. Like I prefer the reality of that than someone who was thinking about their image nonstop. Sure. I also, when we get to Beverly Hills next, I will say, I think Erica's a little bit of an all-star this season. Yeah. I mean, it, it. this reminded me of Erica's power. When you put somebody against Erica, I remember why Lisa <laughs> Vanderpump ran away from Erica and said, I don't know what to do with this person because I do not have any power over Erica. Yeah. Erica is powerful, but she still is removed from the show and doesn't give everything to the show. But when you see her up against, are we? I guess we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Should we just bleed in? Yeah. I mean, this episode sucked. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant our episode. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh. <laughs> no! Of course not. We're fucking ripping right now. No, no. You're like you were shocked that you're like I was like, whoa! Did you think Beverly Hills was really good? No. Well, this this episode, I was like, after Salt Lake City and the the height, sure. ten out of 10, which unfair to compare it, but I was like. This is a ten, Salt Lake City was a ten out of ten. This Beverly Hills was a three out of ten. This was like the title, Relentless Erica. They gave <laughs> the title to Erica because she had the first ten minutes where she was kind of killing it. It took me a minute. I was like, oh, it's about Lent. Yeah, because she gave up Lent. And Kyle made that joke. Yeah. Um, well, okay, we, we we officially moved on from Salt Lake City. I mean, we we talked about everything, right? Jin Shaw, so. the Black Eye. We talked about if Monica can come come back. I mean, we I think we did due diligence. Yeah, that was I think that was a good conversation. But yeah. I do want to. I want to be cognizant of our time here and not give too much focus on Beverly Hills and no. Southern Charm because I don't think they warranted it. No, I think the main thing is just um, first of all because it bled over from uh, the episode much. before, which we didn't really cover. But Denise trying to come for Erica is a huge mistake on her part. It's um, it's 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 horrible <laughs> and it's indicative of whatever is going on in this mid season that is not good. But Den- Denise Richards stirring up four-year-old garbage from from four years. We ago. can all agree. I don't think anyone would not agree that she didn't know what she was talking about. What she accused her of didn't happen. It was not a big deal, and she's wrong. Yeah, all of it. And also, Denise is horrible on camera. She's yeah. so bad at it. Yeah, she got confronted by Erica with a very simple, good, great comeback, saying, <laughs> "You got a bundle of OnlyFans with your daughter. What the fuck's going on with that?" Yeah. And Denise goes, "You're mean. <laughs> You're mean. M E A N mean." It's like, 
Anything else? Denise is the opposite of Heather. She like fumbled her case like yeah. a public defender. So, she just like so, didn't bring her paperwork. She like yeah. dropped uh, it. Uh, she's uh, like, you she's know like, what you, you did. know. You know what you did. Remember that thing? I don't remember. Was it season <laughs> 11? The judge is like, can you clarify the accusation? She's like, you know yeah. what it is. I, yeah, I know there are Denise <laughs> fans or whatever, but let this be a lesson to you who want her full time again. She flops. Like, I mean, the, also the fact that everyone tried to be like, Erica has gone too low yet again. Like Crystal's like, you can't say stuff about people's kids. I'm like, yeah, you can. If the conversation is about whether or not her kids have been uh, like seen <laughs> dirty things before and her literal daughter that she's talking about is on OnlyFans. Hell yeah, I would bring that up. Yes. And and yeah, I mean, I there is a bar for how low you can go, but that was within reason when Denise is coming for it you It was twice. relevant. And, and I, yeah, yeah, it's relevant to, to this. And I love that Erica goes at the end of this. She was like, you tried twice, Denise. I'm not fucking talking about this anymore. You flopped both times. That was awesome. Yeah, she's good. She's, she's so good. She's so powerful. And she doesn't, show the side of her all the time because i think nobody really wants to come for her and then we saw denise try and just like fail harder than anyone i've ever seen try i bet everyone on the cast was like will remind me never to go against erica again totally sutton was like she's like scary in in a good way scary in a good way yeah no but that's why i'm saying i i never lost my full faith in erica if anything i want erica to be knocked for not bringing her full self uh to to um the show she's getting a spinoff Oh, right. They're doing um, her... But I feel like it's going to be drama-free. It's going to be more for people that just want to see a show get built from the ground up. Saying, I have the same take on that as everything else. These cast members isolated will not provide the same no. amount of drama. They need the Bravo shine, and they need other cast members to make them... Right. None of them can stand alone except Bethany on Bethany Ever After. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch it because logistically, I'm interested in seeing like her costume selection and choreography. But I had a question for you. Uh, Crystal's Taco Tuesday, worst Taco Tuesday ever. <laughs> Freezing cold outside. Made everyone sit outside. Did anyone eat a taco? Didn't see it. Uh, it was just, everyone just sat- had to drink tea because they were so cold. You could have just had this whole uh, uh, conflict just in a room with white walls with chairs in a circle and had the exact same impact of that scene. <laughs> Nothing about the party or the event led to any of this. Yeah. There was no. There was no fun. At this no. party. It was just, let's sit down and talk about a bunch of the only shit that we've been talking about. The Denise drama, which is already old as hell. And then what else? Sutton g- gives a new revelation where she kissed her... <laughs> driver. Kissed her driver, which I loved it. I was yeah. like, Sutton, that's awesome that you made out with your driver. Yeah. I liked that... Um, well, it was dumb that she got so pissed off about it, because who cares? But I liked that um, Kyle... Uh, tested the humor level on her way out and was like, Sutton, don't make out with your driver. I was yeah. like, okay... We're back. That was that was the that was um that was something only could Kyle uh, Kyle can do after yeah. years of wielding you know power and conflict to say that in a lighthearted way was perfect and yeah. it reminded me of the good camaraderie that Sutton and Kyle can have. Yes, um, we also I don't know I don't think we need to get into it but we are revisiting the uh, racial tensions conversation with yeah. Garcelle and Dorit and um, the only thing I'll say is um, you know. Garcelle is valid in her feelings. I do not think that Dorit had any idea that that's what she was saying. And I'm glad that they played a montage of people using the word attack because it's a very common housewife word. And I do not think Dorit had any 
concept that it would trigger that within Garcelle. Um, but I was annoyed when Sutton was like, I'm glad you brought that up. Dorit lives in a bubble. And I'm like, oh, yeah. lest we forget Sutton's entire like race uh, storyline from Crystal's first season. Yeah. I'm glad you brought your 2024 honesty there because I felt the same way in no world did I think even with 1% malicious intent did I think Dorit said attack specifically no. because of Garcelle's race. No. And I am like you said I am totally I totally understand why that felt so, you know, horrible to Garcelle, but I think she sh- she needs to give the benefit of the doubt to Dorit that that is a word like you just said that's been tossed around maybe too freely, mm-hmm. but Dorit meant it. I think she just, that... Dorit pisses her off. Yes. So she had no, um, yeah, benefit of the doubt for her. Like if someone else said it that she liked, I think she would have let it slide. But she's like, Dorit, you keep pissing me off. And I wanted to pose a, a theory that Garcelle didn't say specifically, but there was a scene where Garcelle tried to bring up um, Erica's relationship with her kid when when Erica screamed in Vegas and everyone was like hung over and they were eating breakfast and Garcelle brought it up. And Dorit really really said, Garcelle, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you bringing this up now? Yeah. Um, we don't want to talk about this. And it's really hurtful that you would imply that we have like some hatred towards your son. So the way Dorit shut that Garcelle scene down made me think that that is what pissed Garcelle off a lot. And it's another example of Dorit not listening to Garcelle when she has something deep that she wants to talk about. It might have been the wrong time when Garcelle said it, but Dorit shut it down in a way where it wasn't it wasn't letting Garcelle have a moment. Yeah. No matter what. And I think that's what pissed her off. And then Dorit is sort of keeps denying her feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but then Garcelle is sort of making it like, I really felt like bubble and, and all that stuff was like, she called her a Karen. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you have unconscious Karen right. behavior. Yeah. Which I'm like, I mean, Dorit just kind of seems like a flighty person to me. I don't, I feel like if anyone has more like malicious undertones, it's Sutton. Like she feels like she has like generational, like weird vibes. Dorit kind of just seems like she's like flying by the seat of her pants at any given time. I don't think she's like thinking that deeply about it. I mean, she did flub that one thing when she was like, we've had many people of color work for us over the years. That was a a boondoggle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard to talk about this, but I, I think, I think just being honest and saying that I don't think Dorit had malicious intent, but that she just needs to, I think they need to figure out how to treat each other respectfully as, as cast members so that they both don't think the worst of each other in these yeah. circumstances. I just think that they are, they wouldn't be close necessarily. No. And the fact that they're on a show together makes them have to have these conversations. Yeah. They can't get on the same page and it seems like they just shouldn't be friends and it's not that deep and they just shouldn't be close. Yeah. And it's kind of tiring to watch them try and keep getting on the same page where I feel like Garcelle is like kind of like hard on everyone. Like she yeah. was hard on Erica. She's hard on Kyle. She's hard. Like she kind of gives Sutton a pass for some reason. Yeah. Um, but she's like hard on everybody. Well, she, she'll take it to Sutton. Like when Sutton was drunk and ranting about magic, Mike, she was like, I don't want to deal with Sutton like this. You know, like she yeah. can give it to Sutton. A she little like, bit. she gave it to her, but like with benefit of the doubt with yeah. everyone else. She's like, like when Kyle said, you don't go for people's kids and family. Garcelle goes, why didn't you bring that up before then? Yeah. Like she's kind of just like, yeah, we've talked about this before. I'm like, I can't, ever quite put my finger on except i think she doesn't like any of them yes 
That's it. That's it. She doesn't even <laughs> like Crystal. Like she, no. she, she criticized Crystal. Like she's like, does Crystal ever talk? Yeah. Like she was rude to Crystal, which I know they like didn't show Crystal's outburst. Where I she know. was like, why do you guys want me to yell all the time? You only listen to me when I scream. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about, I want to talk about the date with Sutton if yeah. you'll permit me, but then I, I want to talk about Crystal first. Cause yeah. I think the Crystal conversation is more impactful than Sutton going on first date again. Yeah. I have to assume pending any last minute, I, it would be the biggest comeback in Bravo history if Crystal had some four episode arc that was the most powerful thing in the world with her brother coming back from China and, and them having, I, I don't know, but I think, I think this has to be Crystal's last season. Yeah. I think that she had a fair shot uh, for mm-hmm. three seasons and the scene here with Rob where she's at the table and she's talking about how she can never have, I mean, they're talking about why don't you have any iconic moments? It was basically like a fourth wall break. It's because like, of Ozempic. It's because everyone is so skinny that she's distracted by their bodies in every scene and so she doesn't want to talk. I mean, I respect that she brought it up because it is like an elephant in the room, uh, both on Beverly Hills Housewives, Bravo in general, and Hollywood in general. It's like you just, every time I open the internet every single day, I see a new person that's skinnier than they've ever been in my lifetime, Okay, um, which is interesting to watch. So uh, I think it's it's interesting that she'll name it, name them. Um, but, and I understand that she has a history of an eating disorder, so I don't want to minimize that. I'm just saying pre-Ozempic, she still was boring. <laughs> Right. No. Yes. I. I, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's like it's uh, her scenes are making them critic proof. Or right. you know, I'm I'm unable to talk critically. But yeah. I, I I just th- I, first of all, I don't think Crystal enjoys being on the show. Right. She doesn't. Why does she like this? She hosts a Taco Tuesday. It completely sucks. She doesn't say one word. Like. She they keep having to talk about her brother for no reason. That's what I'm saying. Her, it sounded like with this Rob conversation, it was like, what are your two storylines? Rob goes, you're very vocal in the house and you have strong opinions. I think you just need to say them. She goes, I can't say them because I'm just marveling at how, or not marveling, I'm <laughs> remarking on in, internally about how skinny everybody is. It's like, okay, that's a valid excuse. But then she's like, okay, and that's why I don't, you know, stand out in any scenes. Uh, can we talk about my brother for a second? And it's like, this brother storyline, I'm sorry. What the hell? Yeah, you're, you're, we don't know him. We don't know him. He's never he he went to lunch with them once, but this is not the storyline that is going to be the life raft to save you for another season. No. I, I, it's not. No, and we no one cares about it, and no one knows enough about it, and they're showing it so seldomly that we just get little pieces of it. It's like, hey, did you talk to your brother? And it's like, yeah, he's meeting with his ex girlfriend now again. It's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who is invested in this, yeah, this story. Yeah, I actually think her husband is more interesting than she is. Me too. And I feel like Rob, <laughs> you know, he directed The Lion King. He obviously <laughs> knows drama. He's like, Crystal, I really want you to do good here. Can I give you advice? And every single time, her scenes, he's he, that's why he's in every scene with yeah. her. He's going, you should Facetime your brother now yeah. and talk about this. And why aren't you being outspoken with your your opinions? He's like coaching her, right? He's like did, a producer. Did you see, uh, I saw it online. Apparently she has like a massively successful coconut water line. Whoa, I know. I didn't know I that. forget what it's called, but it's like true cocoa or something like that. And it's like very widely distributed and she owns it. Okay. I mean, I would <laughs> rather see her go to the coconut facility yeah. and t- inspect coconut water and tell us about this huge brand that she has. Same. Than... We don't know shit about her. No, I, I know. And um, I just, I just think... 
She's got to go. She's got to go. You okay? She's okay. Go. I, I thought I thought you were leaving me out on a 2024 limb. No, she's. I, we've. I've always felt this. Way. I, I know, but I didn't know if that like got you like in. No, I think it's interesting because no one will talk about it. The Ozempic of it all. Um, but no, she's so boring. I can't do it anymore. I, it's it's it's. But then it's scary because if Anne Marie or Anna Marie is there test ground for a new person oh, they would oh no. bring that's bad you know she's not uh Anne marie can't come back i mean there's no way <laughs> the two things she talks about is esophagus bring bill burr's wife um exactly she was she, she was, had fire she she was great um um i don't even think Anne marie will be invited to the um to the reunion no that would be a waste of um, space so, so crystal um yeah we, we we talked about it and we've talked about it before and i um hate that we're in the position where we have to critique crystal but the producers and everyone are offering this to us and we can't help but comment on it yeah um okay the main thing i have to say about sutton's date is that i enjoyed very much that her uh date on his karaoke list had the song nookie yeah um the minute i saw that i was like (laughs) wow this date is going so well after the flop date that she had with that sort of vaudevillian uh actor guy that was only talking in stand-up routine about his, about his mother that was the wildest thing i think i've ever seen on camera so then she gets a good date this yeah. guy was kind of fun he was the exact it's like opposite. good within reason yes like it was just like it wasn't like oh my god are we witnessing history yeah. like they're sparking flames but it was just like a good yeah date yeah and it was um yeah there was some great stuff and like you said it was awesome that he had a karaoke list of 300 <laughs> songs 300 that's wild could you uh, yeah i have like 10 i wonder if he has the play sonic app what the play sonic oh, app. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh of course yeah someone was saying um on tiktok they were like wouldn't it have been amazing if they followed them to a karaoke spot right after and they did nookie together Ugh. and they got the rights to nookie Ugh, that'd be fun that was yeah that was i thought that would have been so beautiful but yeah you're right it was a within reason good date yeah after a full-blown flop one of the most awkward dates I've yeah ever seen. i was glad she gave him the time of day because i was like i can't watch her hate the person she's on a date with one no. more time. And, and Alessandra, her matchmaker, kind of shined. She's been very <laughs> awkward on camera, but I actually thought this was a little more endearing side of her. It seemed like she was listening to Sutton more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, this storyline, I was, I was like happy about it, that this matchmaking thing, but it's so clearly a storyline that now it like seems manufactured. Yeah. And Beverly Hills now is running out of the storylines no, that yeah. they started. Yeah. And they're all sort of sputtering. We're and on no... like round like three to five on like each one. And it's like got... Garcelle with her kids, like Crystal with her brother, Sutton on a date. Like uh, uh, Erica getting ready for her <laughs> Vegas show. It's like, okay, no. You guys weren't ready for this season. There is nothing here that is the only thing they have is the tease of Kyle and Mauricio's demise. But right. Kyle's not ready to talk about that in this moment. So everything they started with is is running on fumes. They got lucky with the Sutton and Kyle um, conflict yeah. firsthand because they were able to that lasted for like three episodes. But now I'm like something new better happen, and it better not be Anne Marie talking about esophaguses I know. again. I can't. So I was I was really disappointed in this Beverly Hills episode, and I thought that it is um, it could possibly be indicative of a bad season overall mm-hmm. if they're already sputtering. Yeah, I have enjoyed seeing this much Kim Richards though. Oh, me too. Um, and so she came over to uh, Kyle's house. Um, did you like that? Um, so 
when they first when she comes in she compliments kyle's hummingbird necklace Mm -hmm. and kyle's like actually i want to give this to you i originally when i bought it wanted to get them for you and kathy because you know when their mom died they were seeing hummingbirds that made them like think that it was their mom which i think a lot of people that's like a common symbol um and she said that after the fight in the limo in season one that she walked into her kitchen and there was a dead hummingbird on the floor and i was like it's giving narcissist mom from beyond the grave like you're killing me like still manipulating her with like her symbolic form yeah so you (laughs) thought i didn't even think about that so you think actually that was big kathy manifesting herself in a hummingbird dramatic saying i kill the hunting hummingbirds that i uh, infest or what's it called embody embody I'm going to embody a hummingbird and show you how horrible I think it was that you You're fought with your sister. You're breaking my heart. And then I get to kill this hummingbird and then embody hummingbirds for the rest of time. Yeah. Man, that sounds like Big Kathy. Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm like obsessed. I want yes. more. Watching Paris and Love and then the more they're giving us here. I'm like obsessed with this woman. What did she do to these girls? I want to know everything. Like... This conversation between Kim and Kyle, I thought it was quite candid and it brought to light that I think that Kyle is going to more therapy than she has ever gone to mm-hmm. before. She's got that good life coach that we saw. Yeah. And I think she's finally actually yes. battling her relationships, her boundaries, yes. um, what she's willing to put up with. And I think it's making her angry. And like, that's what's going on with like Mauricio and like Kathy and everything where she's finally like, she's like living in the thick of dealing with it. Yeah. And she can probably like get to a point soon where she decides what she's willing to like roll with and can be more chill about it. But right now she's in like combat mode and she's like, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, I, I loved that revelation that even if Kathy tried to reach out to rebuild this thing, I, she doesn't know if she wants Kathy in her life, the way she was treated by Kathy, this mean spirited uh, tirades that Kathy goes on that they're all afraid of. And that Kim admitted that these do happen. I know. She's like, I don't like those either. Yeah. Uh, Like Kyle was literally crying, talking about Kathy's meanness that stemmed all the way back from childhood. And then she's talking about her mom and how um, she had a fiery Irish temper. Yeah. um, And that like they grew up in chaos. Yeah. And she's like, come to my house like with my kids and there's no chaos. We have a peaceful home because I would not allow that environment. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I agree. That was, and I, I, I'm sorry that I tried to breeze past it. That was by far the most powerful scene of this entire thing. And it's another Kyle scene, which I thought her therapy session was also so powerful. Like her journey this season is remarkable. She's just got a lot of shitty storylines, you know, swirling around her sure. in the midst of this. Um, yeah, the dynamic is so interesting, and I thought it was um, it was great for Kyle to come to the realization that she has let people treat her badly, but her yearning for love has let them treat her badly, yeah. and she always is the one who comes crawling back. Yeah, and now that they've had this, you know, icy relationship, Kathy, she's seeing that Kathy probably wouldn't ever be the one that wants to rebuild this without her making the initiative. Because mm-hmm. Kim says that Kathy goes, well, does Kyle want to, you know, rebuild this thing? Like they, they're both so tentative if, right. if like they should rebuild this thing. And yeah, that was definitely notable for sure. 
Yeah. And then Kim is like also going through it about thoughts about her mom. Like she's like, mom never would have wanted this. And I feel like I understand her more than ever. She gave up her whole life for us. And she just starts crying. She's like, I love mom. And I'm like, oh my God, old Kathy's grip is so strong. What's your, like on the ratio of bad human to good human (laughs) and the way they talk about big Kathy what do you what, do you think this was like mostly a, a tyrant with a great personality that sort <laughs> She's of She's giving Gypsy Rose's mom. Yeah, I mean a, li- <laughs> a little bit cuz every th- story that we hear that they tell of their mom sounds bad, yeah. but then the way they all act like she was makes her seem like this force of nature for good or that right. she was such a powerful presence and was so dedicated to her, them that it's like I I have a conflict for how I should feel about Big Kathy. But right. if I was putting my chips down, I would say mostly she sounds like a bad person that maybe had very strong... Right, like she makes you feel like the most important person in the world, but like the pressure is on. And like, she made her kids work from day one. Uh, I remember in the Paris Hilton like documentary and show and stuff, she said that her grandma would always be like, she was obsessed with Paris and her beauty and she'd always be like, she looks like Grace Kelly. And I'm wow. like, why are you like, I'm like, I feel like she was just like all of the daughters and granddaughters yeah. were like pawns in her goal yeah, of like glamour and money. Yeah. I mean, I really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do wish that um, their pure love for their mother had a little nuance to where they could be honest about some of the things they did. Because right now I, I have a, portrait of big kathy that i can't reconcile because it sounds like for the most part they feared her and and we need to see like a um prime time uh like big kathy's crimes or whatever yeah that would yeah but and and then when kyle tried to have a nuanced portrait of her mother american woman (laughs) kathy wrote her off and said it said you do not have access to my mother and telling her story so it sounds like kyle like tried to do something right but it sounded like even her version was going to be super sanitized and glamorous. But and even but even Kathy didn't want even the hint of a 10% antagonist. Like, she didn't no. want this to be a nuanced person. She wanted all good or nothing. Yeah. Which... It sounded like... So, didn't it was Alicia Silverstone who played their yeah. mom. And then it was like people on the show would come after the character. And Kathy took that as... Like trying to take her down. Also, it sounded like Kathy never even watched it. Right. They did the worst thing in the world, like Whitney reading Heather's book, where it's like you take the one. She didn't read Paris's book either. Awful. Well, one time I was watching something with Miley Cyrus driving in a car, and she had just put out a hit single, like a huge song, and Billy Ray Cyrus, her shitty fucking dad, was in the backseat going, <laughs> trying to mouth the words and he had never heard it before it's like you don't listen to your daughter how many daughters do you have you don't listen to their music when it comes out yeah i had a kid that was doing cool shit or making any art i would listen to it like you're so narcissistic and self-absorbed that you can't what the fuck people are reading books in your life and writing songs and you don't have time to spend two minutes or three minutes to sit down and listen to it yeah that is a real marker for how much someone cares about someone in their life yeah no there's like a moment shit it takes her forever to even say that she read Paris's book, which it's clear that she didn't. Like, she definitely had someone else read it. And she chooses moments in it to call... Because yeah. Paris ran every... I think ran everything by her it's, first. It's exactly what happened with Whitney and Heather. Exactly. exactly. And then, uh, yeah, Kathy gets pissed off about certain things that are in the book that she's like, you can't trust this 
like ghostwriter or co-author because she's putting things that she's basically saying anything bad about her in the book was by the ghostwriter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about, about Kathy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, Kathy is giving big Kathy where I hear you're a monster, but you don't let anything negative be said about you. And you like try to hush everyone from speaking ill of you that now I think you're even more of a monster. It's like, you need to show all facets of your facets of your personality so we can get a accurate read on you. Yeah. And stop trying to like stop the public from getting to know you. Cause it makes you seem worse. Yeah. Uh, we'll never know what she said at that club. Uh, you just reminded <laughs> me, I, I will only spend one minute on this two minutes at most, but we forgot in Salt Lake city the. <laughs> underrated part of the finale is that Whitney immediately apologizes to Heather for saying that you exploited my vagina. And then she goes, I just got upset with you reading, uh, you know, what I read in your book. And Heather goes, I read you every single aspect of that book. I read it to you directly. And I even took out parts that you didn't want in the book. And Whitney goes, yeah, I know, but reading it again, it really brought up. And she goes, I read you every part. What part? It was just like, that was the biggest flop in history. I know. She's like, I literally took out what you didn't want, even though it was funnier the way I had it originally. You made me take out a joke that I liked and I did that for you. And you're still coming to me three years later. And she was basically like, it hit different when I read it in the, on, the page huge huge flop i loved how heather handled that she was just like i just have to deal with you coming at me every day <laughs> so um, dumb i know she was like hugging her like you don't piss me off at all my cousin like yeah no 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 she's just like you're my cousin <laughs> i always have to forgive you yeah um, okay all right southern- should we do the final the southern charm minute southern charm minute i think apart from what took place at bermuda for the first 10 minutes which was very impactful the rest of this thing was- you mean jamaica Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why did I say Bermuda? Salt, Salt Lake. Lake City. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, Jamaica. Yeah, it just, it takes over exactly where it left off. Uh, Taylor is still popping off. She's like, do you want me to say that he fucked me? And they're all like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Madison <laughs> goes, yeah, please say it right now. Um, And yeah, so... Wait, what did Taylor say about her brother? Because that was confusing to me. Yeah. Why did she bring him up? I had to watch it multiple times to understand what the hell Taylor was talking about because she's so bad at speaking Mm -hmm. um, and and articulating herself. But she said something like, um, so Olivia... They're 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 chastising Olivia for bringing this up over and over again. Taylor Ann is so upset for how many times she's tried to apologize, and Olivia still doesn't forgive her. And then Olivia goes, "Well, I found out that you guys talked to your family about it." And they both go, "She goes, I talked to my brother about it. it just because I, I love my brother, just like how I know how much you love your brother." And it's like, Taylor, oh God, you that forgot. was giving like self sabotage. It it. It was not as nefarious as Olivia took it and not as nefarious as it came across. It was like for a split second in Taylor's drunken, screaming, kind of upset brain, she brought up the one thing that you that would devastate Olivia. It was awful. It was horrible. But I think she legitimately forgot. Which it was she, weird. It just goes to show how little they're making of Olivia going through this, the most devastating thing a human can go through and still having to go to Jamaica and deal with all this shit as well. Cause they're not talking about her brother anymore. Right. So when Taylor brings that up, it's like, Oh God, we all forgot that (laughs) Olivia is going through the worst shit in the world. And Olivia, it takes her like 10 minutes before that sends her, you know, 
spiraling. Right. Like Olivia is so upset. Like she goes, how dare that disgusting <laughs> person bring my brother's name up? Like, yeah, it, it, it hurts her so bad, but it's a delayed reaction. Right. It's like she starts to grieve her brother in Jamaica. All yeah. Of a sudden. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out. So JT again is like pissed off at Austin, whatever. And then Shep is like, I'm not going to stop JT from yeah. making his case or whatever. And he makes yet another weird, outdated reference. He goes, uh, JT's like Elliot Ness uh, versus Al Capone. I was like, are you 500 years old? Who is talking about that right now? Well, when he was born, <laughs> I think The Untouchables was a show that was running on primetime every single week. So I think he was pulling from his Untouchables. Uh, just like, I love, it's almost every week he makes a very dated reference. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like him. I, it's I, funny, I, but I'm like, it's crazy. I, I prefer him pulling these references and not caring. And I think he thinks they're more literary, you know, sure. references. Though That's his pop culture, which I, I like. Um, um, so, so then, well, do you want to talk about how like this sort of, all everyone sort of gets scattered after this, after Olivia leaves, then Taylor gets so upset. Like, did you want to yeah. say anything else about the dinner? No, I mean, yeah, Taylor immediately, uh, with perfect timing for this to become explosive facetimes her brother yes while olivia's in the other room freaking out about her mentioning her brother yes olivia can hear everything that taylor's saying on the facetime and did you notice that that the coverage production coverage was also scattered because Mm -hmm. people went in so many directions that they didn't have plan that when taylor left a camera person went with taylor to catch her reaction then there was no one to go with like olivia and Mm -hmm. vanita on their end because they also had a camera on the dinner and they wanted Mm -hmm. to get craig and madison's conversation yeah so they were on like iphone journey and stuff like that right so then when olivia hears overhears and Olivia says it later when you hear someone's, you know, thoughts, when you, you, when you overhear someone's thoughts and that's their true feelings and the way Taylor was talking about it was so awful. She's like, I don't regret anything. They didn't even date anyways. That was bullshit. Why do you think Olivia can't forgive you when that's your real actual attitude? That's your actual attitude. She knows that's your true feelings. Right. But that's also, that's like the worst case of what she has been saying but she has been saying like get over it like she's like it was one time who cares and it's like that's not up for you to decide exactly and taylor um the reason why taylor thinks that when you apologize you should be forgiven is that deep down taylor thinks she's a very good person incapable of doing anything weird or wrong so her self-awareness is very low she can't accept the fact that she did something very morally wrong or at least gray to a very good friend someone that loved her so she has to discount what actually happened and give all these excuses and then when she says i I apologize. So where is my forgiveness when someone doesn't forgive you and makes her continue to think she's a bad person and she's not willing to accept that she did something wrong because her religion and how she's moved throughout her entire life will not permit her to think about herself accurately in this situation. Her brother says, what would Jesus do? And I hate to say this because I know what (gasps) happens to him, but he looks fucked up. Um, Under the influence. 2024 honesty. uh, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not, I don't think it's speaking ill. I, I just thought that she caught him at like right after a party. Yeah. And he was like, what would you, <laughs> whatever. I'm, Inib- not, I'm not laughing. It's horrible. intoxicated. It's, 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 it's awful. And- well, that's what was so like ghoulish about that conversation of like her saying like, I love my brother as much as you and knowing what's going to happen. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's. 
I mean, I don't know what Taylor because Southern Charm. No, it hasn't hasn't been filmed. Like that's going to be filmed right now or or very right. soon in the next couple of months. And like she's going to learn firsthand what Olivia was going through while she also had to deal with all of Taylor and Austin's bullshit. Right. Yeah. I'm. We'll see what that goes like. It's gonna yeah. be crazy. Um. <laughs> quickly, like okay, so um, when uh, Olivia bursts into Taylor's room when she can hear the FaceTime and she's like, I can hear everything you're saying, you dumb fucking bitch. And Taylor like barely responds. She's like, well, anyways. Well, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> she's just more verbal abuse. Um, Olivia fucking killed it though. No, yeah, that was great. Running into the room and calling her and say, why don't you watch what you say, you dumb bitch? Like that was, <laughs> that was awesome. fun. <laughs> yeah, she before that she was like hyperventilating and I was like, I'm glad she got some energy out on getting pissed. Also, do we say that Taylor said, I don't regret anything? You yes. said that? I don't regret Insane. anything. <laughs> Insane. And then it like quickly dips back to Craig. What about lying about it? I, I get that you don't regret kissing Austin yeah. when you're dancing or whatever, but what about lying about it for Austin's no, benefit? It's ridiculous. Um, and then it goes, dips into Craig and Madison's conversation. And Craig's like, these stories don't add up. And I went to law school. Yes, I uh, I love that. I love Madison and Craig's new friendship. Do you mind? I hate to do this, but I have to take a second. <laughs> See, turtle, sorry, certified turtle piss break ASAP. Do you care? And then we'll finish this minute. I'm yes. so sorry. We're back. We're back. I think people will be excited that the first 2024 episode has two... Two certified piss turtle piss breaks do you think yeah they love it <laughs> they love it when we do that um okay so we left off uh craig was saying that he went to law school so he knows that these stories are inconsistent madison is hiccuping like fred durst right um, <laughs> craig says hiccups come from us evolving from fish just another one of his harebrained conspiracies right um but um I want to say this just in a turtle cutie DM'd us and then your wife just texted us that so the episode that airs what is now last night but to us tonight um they're having that um yeah valley of the dolls party right uh Olivia posted a, a story of Leva getting in her car that has Elvis music playing and then in a different story she tagged she goes Priscilla Presley and Sharon Tate going out for the night no way <laughs> Literally she every says that, day. She says that in the episode or it's, it's, a, it's a on post. Instagram about like tonight's episode. Has anyone, lo- <laughs> I, I ask this every week. Has anyone loved Elvis more than, than Olivia and now Patricia? Remember yeah. we found out Patricia is also completely, yeah. and, and. Kristen uh, Takeman. Kristen oh, Takeman is like re-watching her seasons. It comes up a lot. She said that she would like, she said that she would have sex with an Elvis impersonator in Vegas, yeah. right? Yeah. She has a TCB necklace. They have an Elvis impersonator come to the Berkshires. Um, like she brings it up constantly. Let's have a Bravo Elvis night hosted <laughs> by Turtle Time where we have it in some equidistant place where everybody can come from the Bravo Vegas. universe. Vegas. <laughs> next, next Bravo con. Yeah. Let's have an Elvis night with an Elvis impersonator <laughs> and only play Elvis music and see who shows up. It's like. At uh, Rhythm and Riffs. <laughs> perfect okay um, um yeah I, li- I like that too i didn't think his um strategy for getting rid of hiccups worked no. and you y- have to say i am not a fish that's all you have to do yeah i try different techniques like chugging a bunch of water <laughs> stand upside down yep um okay uh i don't need to talk talk about jt and rod if you don't their facetime was boring 
No, the only thing I thought was notable about it was that Rod is telling JT that Taylor is secretly into him or has to be sort of into him. I was like, <laughs> Rod, why would she you tell wants him attention? That? Come on. Yeah. Um, Austin and his sister do like an Olivia review and his sister seems great. Yeah. She I re- seems very cool. Yeah. Um, and he's talking again about how Olivia is so back and forth with him. We're like in private they're texting and getting along and then in public she rips him a new asshole his main example was that apparently the oscars were like the week after jamaica and that they live texted the entire oscars yeah i mean i will say i will say that like her inviting him on a walk right after jamaica a walk on the beach a walk on the beach and also texting nonstop about you know um the oscars is a little like Olivia, did you forgive? You forgave him that much? Like what? At first, I got excited that they were talking about the slap Oscars, but it was the year after. I totally, yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, and like nothing notable happened at that, right? No. Well, yeah, no one slapped anybody else. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, They have this like pop culture relationship where they only speak to each other in Oscars and like movie quotes and memes (laughs) yeah i love that austin said that his therapist described that he was being gaslit by olivia and i was like wow you really have her uh, that therapist wrapped around your finger that's like crazy (laughs) yeah but also like all the instances that he's talking about hanging out with olivia are off camera like he didn't like olivia knew not necessarily didn't think that her oscar text with him or that walk was being filmed so like he is bringing it up on camera specifically so that we know what's actually going on with him and yeah. Olivia. And I don't, I don't, I, I guess I just chalk it up to Olivia needing some, that whatever Austin fulfilled in her life during this ho- horrible time. Totally. For her, you know? Yeah. I don't blame and, her at all. Okay, good. Um, but, uh, this, I feel like this reunion will also be really good because there's so many things that need clarifying yeah. that I think will be awesome. Andy is just going to specifically uh, like with like a, journalists talk about the timeline in every single detail so that everyone in the world knows exactly what happened yeah um they drop in on craig uh and Paige at his house and um i love that she can just be like she's the opposite of Lindsay hubbard or stravi she's like tuna sandwich please and he wh- whips them up tuna sandwiches and it looked good i wanted it me too. I, Craig should release what he did with that thing. What kind of bread was that that he, he made that tuna sandwich with? No, it might have been sourdough. He, and, he, and he said it, um, tooting his own horn. He said, this looks like a sandwich you'd pay 20 bucks for. And that's true. <laughs> yeah, it had pepperoncinis. I, I want and that. And he said, um, did you want to get into the specifics of this scene? I thought, it, I thought it was, he said, specifically, he said, I'm more stable now with you than I was when we first started dating. So I could suffer the loss of this relationship if it didn't work out. Yeah. And I felt like that was a very, that was a very deep thing to share with her. Yeah. She was kind of shocked, but not offended. He was saying like, it's not the end of the world if we don't end up together. You know, obviously I'll try my best to make it work, but I'm not like terrified, you know, Yeah. which is healthy. Yeah, it really was. It was like, it was like that could be taken so like badly by Paige, but like, I think she respected it too. It's like, I'm in a good place with myself where it's like, if I have to lose you, I know I can deal with it. Yeah. And then he was like, again, he's so unsure of their status or whatever. He was like, so she's like, yeah, I understand. And he's like, so do you want to be with me or do you hope it works out? (laughs) Yeah. And she says, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was cute. It was very, yeah, it was very cute. And then they go to Madison's for dinner as like 
couples dinner and they were saying it's their first couples dinner and i'm like in a year i i i think i don't know that's kind of rare i mean i've done i've done a couple of them and and you know megan and i've been dating for like eight years and like i've only done maybe three or four like in that small of a group just you and another couple i don't do it often so i can imagine them being you know new that's the only people that they felt comfortable going on a couple's date sure with you know yeah they're also like always filming shows (laughs) yeah right 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 exactly like Um, they're they're encouraged to be with multiple people all the time so this was like unique did they imply that craig chugged a beer on the way there or was it not beer he brought no i thought it was a beer I thought right? he wanted a roadie and he was going to drink it in a car I feel on like the you way. You can't show that. Yeah. Now that you say it, I fully thought it was a beer, but now that you're saying, it, I guess it was probably a can of. Do a... they just do that down there? Well, he, they did. They, you know, they do. In the go- they the do golf the golf carts, cor- carts which I don't see the difference. I mean, me, I guess no, me you're only putting yourself in danger because, well, not really. If you like veer off, you, you could make someone else get in a crash. He also waited to drink it until he was outside. Like he wanted to chug it. So that's what made me think it was a drink. But then the way Paige talked about it, I was like, you, she, you don't have to bring your own like diet Coke to dinner. That's right. what made me think it was that. Because I think she would say, don't bring a beer in the car. Right. Right. I know. I, question mark. Um, but I thought it was funny how nervous everyone, all parties involved were. They were like. It was, it was, <laughs> it was uh, like as awkward as this actually would be in real life. If you're like going to a couple that you don't know that well and they yeah. don't really know Brett, you know, that yeah. well. Like it had the actual awkwardness of a new pretty confined, yeah, new friend um, yeah. double date. We didn't talk about, I'm going to quickly say it could never be as awkward as uh, Garcelle and Dorit's uh, oh, no. meetup. Oh, there yeah. was like silence for what felt like a full minute. Yeah. And normally um, I don't think Bravo would let there be that <laughs> amount of silence because it shows like that, like they're, they're not getting along or they just wouldn't let like that silence la- linger that long. But they, yeah. yeah, that was the longest I've ever seen two people like not speak. It was horrendous. Um, but yeah, so then of course the conversation basically almost immediately veers mm-hmm. into like the wedding talk, the moving yeah. talk. And I was kind of annoyed that like uh, they were trying to skew them back towards like, they were basically like, we're comfortable now with like not dealing with that right now. And we'll do yeah. it when we, our plan is that we don't have a plan and we'll deal with it later or whatever. And they were like, why? Like yeah. you could be engaged for a year. We were engaged for a year, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who cares? Like, and, yeah. do you work for like the state? Like who gives yeah. a shit if they get married? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, everyone, like, can only talk about one thing with them because they're long distance. And then Brett tries to say, like, we're not long distance, even though I leave for three days and then come back. He's like, I just go it's to like, work and come back. I'm like, okay, that's what they do. Right. She she probably sees Craig as much as you see Madison. It's like, they tried to, like, create this, yeah, like, we are a situation that worked and, and we're doing good. And Brett's like, the ball is in your court, you know, Craig, for how you want to deal with this or whatever. I just think they missed the memo where Craig and Paige have affirmed that this is the relationship they want. And then they were, yeah, like you said, trying to like bring them back into like marriage discussions. Like, have they ever met a couple that's not ready to get married yet? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like who cares? And then also Madison is like, cause, um, Paige says she doesn't she's not ready for cul-de-sac life you yeah. know she's doesn't want to hang up her city life and have kids and live on a cul-de-sac and Madison's like I didn't want to live on a cul-de-sac either but then I met Brett and I was like which cul-de-sac and it's like okay well she doesn't feel that way right like, that's not 
And bad. not everybody feels the way you do about Brett. I'm glad you found Brett and you love him so yeah, much. But it's but like it's... you already lived in Charleston, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> like... Yeah. I, I just, I think that almost that scene right before this dinner was hopefully Craig and Paige closing the chapter on speculation about how fast they're moving. They've only been, I mean, this will be two years probably now in real mm-hmm. time. It's like, it's not yeah. so wild that they haven't gotten engaged yet. And they no. they probably will based on how they feel each other or feel about each other. Yeah. But I loved when uh, Craig goes to the bathroom and she tries on Madison's engagement ring. She's like, I always try on all my friends' rings because I don't really like, mm-hmm. it's surprising to me that Paige doesn't have firm opinions on what ring she wants. She seems like someone that would know exactly what she wanted. Um, but then she's like, hurry, give it back before uh, Craig gets a boner. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. And the way they played that scene, like they gave, they gave it this like beautiful music, almost like Craig was going to come out of the bathroom and propose or something. Because yeah. they made they they like lingered on Paige looking at the ring and gave it this like swelling romantic music, yeah. like this was going to be the thing that made her want to get married. I read it as like she seemed very underwhelmed by wearing the ring. Really? Oh, like that's oh, I said- what I thought by the look on her face and the way she was talking about rings. I was surprised because she seems like a girl who like she's obsessed with fashion she's obsessed with like her looks her styling whatever and I was like I'm surprised that she doesn't it's giving me like Carrie Bradshaw ring on a string like very uncomfortable with the idea like not into it you know yeah okay I read it I read it differently or I thought that they were trying to make a beautiful moment and then undercut it when the boner thing happens and be like right you know yeah Um, for humor yeah I wanted to remark upon one thing that I thought was characteristic of the show Southern Charm and just scenes I do like I did like just Whitney and Shep sitting around at that tavern bar drinking a hundred (laughs) dollar glass of whiskey yeah it's like I I do love those flourishes of what Charleston is actually like I know apart from you know, Whitney revealed that he's redoing uh, Michael's little yeah. clubhouse and turning it into like a speakeasy yeah, re- or something. Remember when Austin remarked like the tea room when Whitney gathered them all and he's like, dude, you <laughs> need to not be in your mom's tea room and have like a den or whatever. I feel like Whitney immediately was like, start the renovation on Michael's <laughs> yeah. home. I'm he like called a, a contractor that night. That was able to do it in a month and have yeah. it ready for the finale like that's a perfect idea and yeah. he's like i don't like to go out in charleston anymore so i just want to drink hundred dollar glasses of whiskey in my um yeah den. that's yeah. another place we get to go to and patricia invites <gasps> yes. us to her home and we eat that cake oh i can't wait to eat that cake yes well i mean actually even though you know those were low-key episodes i feel like we got to the heart of both of them right i think so and yeah southern charm we're at the end of it. We have a finale that is on. It'll already have happened, but people who are doing the Southern Charm Challenge with us, you won't watch it till next week. Yeah. And then we have the reunions, and then Southern Charm is closing a chapter until it, you know, they start filming again. Yeah. And then Beverly Hills is also, I don't know, four episodes away from the end. Something probably. like that. So we're really, they're, they're, what's that called? They're cleaning the decks. Is that what they say? <laughs> we're chugging towards Vanderpump yes. Summer House. Yes. Time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, also gear up because I'm stoked for the Salt Lake reunions. Is that next week or is there going to be a break? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't check the schedule. I assume they're going to capitalize on the power of that finale and have it come instantly. Yeah. We must remind you that we do have Heather Gay fan tees available, which I we saw a little bit of a surge because um, a friend of ours posted wearing hers and tagged Heather and she posted it to her stories and we got a little influx of sales after that amazing episode. Yeah. No, seriously, if you want to know how powerful Heather was <laughs> and how people view Heather after that Salt Lake City finale, our sales... like. <laughs> 
tripled <laughs> b- uh, from Heather Gay related merchandise, which yeah. is that's a, a true testament to how powerful Heather was. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get yours, it will definitely come in time for the reunions. Yes. Uh, if you want to wear it while you watch, I think I will be doing that myself. Yeah. If you've been a secret Heather fan and then this tipped you over to be an outspoken <laughs> Heather fan, this is the way to show your dedication to Heather. Um, can I promote, can I say a bunch of other shit? Go ahead. Patreon. I don't know who is a little turtle cutie and is not a Villa Rosa VIP <laughs> yet, but 2024 is the year of Villa Rosa VIP stardom. Get like your budget in order. Get, get your One finance. less Starbucks a month. Yeah, $5. Set aside $5 every month to be a part of the Vanderpump Rules recap series and all the other little shit that we throw at you that we put... <laughs> that we put... Sorry, the... Sorry, we had a little bit of a malfunction. Just be a part of it. I mean, come on. Five bucks a month. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. We're just as fun as we are now on our Vanderpump Rules recap, except we have a little less pressure on us and we get to be a little sillier. And I think it's fun. So please subscribe to Patreon. And then one last thing. Can I ask one last thing of our little turtle cuties? If you enjoy the turtle time experience and you love us and you liked listening to us for three hours, please review us on Apple Podcasts. We have the best reviews of Apple on Apple Podcasts that I've ever seen. I think we're 4.9, where only one hater <laughs> gave us a one star, someone we know personally who hates us with all of their might and wanted to bring us down. But other than that, perfect fives. And our reviews are so well-written and thoughtful and sweet. So if you love Amy and I and you're a little turtle cutie who's been sort of in the shadows, why not come out of your shell and review us on Apple Podcasts? <laughs> and that will help us for 2024 to become one of the most powerful Bravo podcasts in the universe. Yeah, especially leading up to Vanderpump season, our most powerful era. Our most powerful era. And if you, you're seeing this now, you saw that we changed our art. Yes. Amy and I are ready for 2024. The turtle head is poking out. <laughs> Oh God. That's our new motto. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. That that turtle is coming out of its shell. Well, especially uh, today is January fifth, starting January sixth after our insurrection, right. where we take over Sir Restaurant. Right. Um, that's when we will overtake the hearts and minds. Yes. Yep. For too long, January 6th has had a negative (laughs) connotation and Amy and I are taking it back by hosting an insurrection, not the insurrection you think, S-U-R, at Sir. We are going to officially make January 6th have a new positive connotation, right? Yeah. We're going to reclaim it. A January 6th is a date that we always loved before the events of January 6th. (laughs) So this is the new thing. And I I was just thinking this when I was taking my certified turtle piss break. Once you and I, if we ever get a producer, it is over for everyone else. You know what I'm talking about? If we have someone who is actually pulling clips and doing all this shit and letting us take certified turtle piss breaks and editing this thing, yeah. we are like vaulting, you know, I, I hopefully vaulting yeah. to the to the sky. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 2024, join us for the ride. Um, if we were able to be entertaining and fun during what some people consider a fallow period, imagine what it's like when Vanderpump Rules is ripped roaring back my god i really hope uh all of the fair weather cuties return we have new ones i can't imagine if there was a little turtle cutie who loved us during vanderpump rules (laughs) and then retreated back into their shell and didn't listen to us until vanderpump rules that'd be so sad do you think there was someone like that 
Maybe. I mean, maybe it's like that's the only show they watched, you know? I mean, it's it's objectively true that a lot of people did that because <laughs> our numbers we have the were, stats. <laughs> we have the stats, so we know that people retreated. Probably 30% of our audience. But anyway, we're coming roaring back. We're, I'm ready for it. I'm yeah. geared up. I took a break. I feel like my mind. I'm going to start un- working out. Doing push-ups. Me too. I am doing protein. I'm doing Robert De Niro and Cape Fear routine (laughs) in jail. I'm doing that exact same workout routine. My brain just unthawed while I was talking to you. The fact that we can do three hours and five minutes. I'm back. I know you're back. I'm putting on my Robert De Niro Killers of the Flower Moon goggles. Oh, hell yeah. Pull up to your house and go. "Eh, eh." Oh, I love that. (laughs) So we're both different Robert De Niro's. I'm doing my Cape Fear workout where it says. get thou behind me satan or whatever and i'm doing chin chin ups or whatever and you're going get outside loser and come with me in my old get tiny in, car beep, beep. wow i love your killers of the flower moon reference too it's perfect i saw it finally it's re- everyone has to see killers of the flower moon it's one of the best movies of all time yeah give yourself three hours and 30 minutes to enjoy a wild martin scorsese saga with leonardo dicaprio and martin scorsese and yeah. robert or sorry leo robert and martin and lily gladstone and lily New gladstone star. Who rips and some? Um, okay, we don't have to talk about that. But <laughs> Jesse Plemons. <laughs> also, that guy, that little stinker who, spoiler alert, gets blown up in his house. I thought that was a oh, really yeah. good actor. The guy who has the cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, there's just so many good. Every good character. Actor I was saying this. It's every white man that wasn't an Oppenheimer. You were saying this. that? Wow. You should. I'm glad you said that to me. I didn't know you said that. That was good. <laughs> Between Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, there are like 40 white yeah. men represented. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a great year for no i'm not gonna say it um okay well it sounds like we don't want to give up but we have to give up the ghost three hours and seven minutes people wanted a four hour Ooh. but uh, this come on three hours and seven minutes that's good pretty With good two almost the longest almost the longest but uh, yeah we had a longer one but we yeah. had a killers of the flower moon just barely whatever this is one of our top 10 we hope you loved it i felt good about this episode yeah me too Okay. All right. Well, we love you so much. And do all those things that we promoted at the end, please. Most importantly, really, besides giving us money, is <laughs> is review us. Yes. If you can't donate to us financially, at least help us get other people to listen to us. Yeah. That Spread the sweet. word. Rate and review. Um, and yeah, tell your friends. When Vanderpump is back on, we will be talking about it. Yeah. All right. We love you so much more than anyone in the world loves you. Bye. Goodbye. This one's for you tonight. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.